coming to you from the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki Studios. This is The Right Hash. The Right Hash is brought to you by Slim Sweets and by Speedy Custom Sneakers. Now, let's spark it up with your hosts, Luke Nadkarni and Alex Thompson. Hello and welcome once again to the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki Studios, the refuge from the weather flipping 30 degrees overnight 80 degrees yesterday 50 degrees today on this last day of october all hallows eve i'm dressed in a uh oversized tennessee sweatshirt uh and i have a bat a plate of chicken wings in front of me with ranch and um some diet soda i'm going as alex thompson for halloween um, you can't see me obviously because this is this is an audio only show but that's how i'm dressed uh, don't ask me how I got a Tennessee shirt. I had to, to fight some people for it, but um, yeah, that, that's how that's how my Halloween's going. I haven't left my house all day. Um, that's pretty nice. Um, today was my uh, work from home day, which is which is every day for for my podcast partners. So, um, just kind of enjoying no, no Bill Lumberg, uh, Bill Lumberg today. I just got a day off. Hey, Luke. This is Bill. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, uh, it sounds like I'm also dressed up as Alex Thompson today because I'm also wearing Tennessee and uh, I got some, I got some wings available if that's the move I decide to make after the show tonight. Um, but I, I, I love this weather, man. I think we talked about it a week or two ago when it, you know, it kind of officially flipped into fall. Uh, maybe not so much from a calendar standpoint, but from a feel standpoint. And uh, you're right. It was unseasonably warm this weekend and, and especially yesterday. And so it was nice to wake up to that beautiful feeling when you have your AC on, but it's not on because it's already cold enough in the house. That's the most beautiful thing to wake up to other than a full slate of football. And we're close to that. Um, Thursday should be a pretty loaded night. We got, honestly, this is, this is probably the best week so far of the season combining the NFL and college football. Um, just top to bottom, every single window's got something to watch. And, uh, Happy Halloween, man. I'm excited for this episode. We, we don't get a Halloween show too much, and uh, th- these are fun to do. We're going to talk about our favorite Halloween candy uh, here at halftime. Uh, we're flipping the script a little bit, going to talk NFL uh, in the first quarter because we are doing our first kind of live reaction to anything. Uh, we're going to talk um, CFP, uh, top six rankings. Uh, it's currently 541, so we're going to time this to pretty much start landing on college football when that show starts, we'll react to the top six, give you our own top sixes leading up to that, um, and then end the show off with everyone's favorite college football picks, lightning round. We have 18 picks for you this week, plus a surprise indie. Luke, are you as excited about this show as I am? Yes. I mean, this is the only thing I've really done today. I, I watched Across the Spider-Verse. That came out on Netflix today. That was a freaking Sick. awesome movie. Great, great movie. Um, I recommend some of the right hash, not the show. Well, right before you watch it. Um, but yeah, man, this is our probably our this not probably this is our lo- most loaded pick slate. Um, we also have a lot of NFL picks. There are a lot of uh, good close games or close lines this week uh, as well. Um, yeah, man, this is uh, this is this is a uh, and if uh, if if we don't get the timing right, I'm, we're, I'm just going to edit it. So it looks like we got the timing right. In the <laughs> so that that's the beauty of uh, of not live radio <laughs> as, as a, to invert a popular saying. But of course, uh, both of our teams involved in deals today in the NFL trade deadline. 
Um, it was I've, I've had NFL Network on when I when I haven't been watching the movie, but um, as expected, the Commanders moving Montez Sweat to the Chicago Bears for a second round pick. It's likely that the Bears are going to sign him to a long term deal. Also, Chase Young is on the move. He's on the way to San Francisco for a third round pick. Not sure what their long term plans with him here are, but um, you know, San Francisco is in win now mode. But two very opposite teams that receive each of a Washington defensive lineman. Um, and the, I guess the, the main point in Washington, the narrative is finally breaking up that defensive line that was invested in every, you know, everyone was a first round pick. And that was mentioned on every broadcast at the top of every, you know, every game. Um, and, you know, now we're not going to be hearing that anymore, but um, I, I was a little bit more surprised by the chase young news just because um, sweat had been the name mentioned most. Um, people were kind of 50, 50 on chasing. Then I saw Ian Rappaport tweet something around maybe around two o'clock. That was like, commanders might not be done. Chase young might be, you know, on the move team still calling. And usually when one of those insiders tweets something, you know, Schefter or Rappaport, you know, field Yates or whoever else, usually when they tweet something that that's being rumored, it, it means it's going to happen or already happened. So that was when I realized chase young was probably going to be gone as well. Yeah, and I I was kind of surprised because I I think myself along with I'm assuming a lot of the Washington faithful thought either one of these guys could be gone today, but it it didn't seem like the franchise is maybe leaning towards a, not a full rebuild. This isn't a full rebuild, but we're talking about two of the higher caliber players on the defense. Um, you just kind of assumed they would keep one. Uh, trade one pay one essentially um and that they, they wound up trading uh chase young for a third uh, maybe a little bit lighter than what i would have expected considering montez sweat did get a, a second round pick and chase young has the he's got the youth to him you have a couple extra years inside you know just in his body um but i, I i'm curious your your thought on just, just as a as a washington fan does this signal to you, okay, maybe we're just, you know, going to try a, a a different thing starting next year? I, I don't I, – because personally, I don't think it's time to blow it up from, from Sam Howell. I think he's looked fine. Some people think he just holds the ball and takes too many sacks. There's probably some truth to that. But it, I, I haven't seen a reason on offense to warrant kind of blowing up what's happening. Um, and then I see a trade like this, and it's like, okay, well – that there, there's not a lot of commitment from the team when they trade two of the you know highest value players on it. Um, so I'm just curious your your rapid reaction. Essentially, obviously, not a whole lot's come out. There haven't been press conferences or anything quite yet. Um, but just where's your where's your gut feeling? Where's your internal compass pointing as ter in terms of the direction of the Washington Commanders? I think the most telling direction is. The, the, I think the snake's coming for Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio, and a lot of this front office next. Um, I, I think guys on offense are are more or less, you know, that's going to be the last place that, that they look to make changes because Sam Howell's on a rookie deal um, for, I think, two more years. Uh, McLaurin's not in a contract year. Um, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to make some decisions on Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson, either of them. Um, but but I really think the strongest indicator here is that this is the first step toward a a clean house cleaning in the the front office. Um, you know Martin Mayhew, Marty Herney, and of course the two coaches I mentioned. You know Eric Bieniemy, of course I think is going to going to remain regardless of what happens. 
but R- Ron Rivera, it's kind of been an open secret that this is his last year Super Bowl or bust. We're not going to the Super Bowl. So, you know, bust. Jack Del Rio has been wildly unpopular because of what he hasn't been able to do with all this talent on defense. Um, so this is a, this is the first step of Josh Harris and company really starting to put their mark on this franchise. And, um, but to, to, to the offense specifically, I think I got to believe that guys like Terry McLaurin are, are you know, are got to, you got to be thinking like, I, you know, I might not be in Washington five years from now, you know, even three years from now, I think he's got a year left on this deal afterwards. And then it becomes a question of, well, you know, do we pay Jahan Dotson? Do, do we, want to pay both of them same thing that i mentioned with just gibson and brian robinson so guys who are not in contract years this year but entering contract years next year i think are are on offense are going to have to be um you know kind of have their eyes open maybe you know maybe be talking with their agents a little bit um but i i think before we see that we're going to see a new head coach uh you know a new defensive coordinator a new general manager um and and it it really i really think that it, the the least um the least amount of change in the short term is going to come on Eric Bianami's offense. You know, there, there's a lot of talk going on about how Sam Howell is the guy we need to stick with, you know, and, and build the offense around. And that's just, that's a week to week thing. It's just, it's bipolar. It's like, we lose people are talking about not having Howell. we, 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 or he plays poorly like he did against the bills. He plays like he did in both Eagles games. People are like, Oh, okay. We've got our quarterback. We just need to build other pieces around him. So, you, you know, I, I think, you know, not, not imminently, but, you know, maybe down the road, you know, I, I and other Washington fans might have to think about Terry McLaurin in a different uniform, you know, uh, Brian Robinson in a different uniform, got guys like that. Logan Thomas, maybe, you know, he's, he's a guy who's been around here for a while who also, you know, could his days in Washington could be numbered as well. Yeah. I, I think I, I, I agree with the, that. I mean, there's been smoke around Ron Rivera for the better part of two years, really. Um, you know, he, he's been a nice guy. He's had his own health things going on, you know, what Washington has had the, you know, Dan Snyder stuff going around. So, you know, it, it's been hard to hold his feet to the fire because there have been more deserving feet in the building. Um, unfortunately they're running out of feet uh, and uh, he hasn't really done much. Um, something that's kind of come to my mind is when you trade these two guys, you get a second and a third, uh, for, for both for combined, um, that, that already losing those two guys Washington not not that they were in danger of winning a ton of games this year anyway they're going to lose more games they're going to have a higher first round pick just naturally that getting a second and a third that's that that is ammunition to potentially enter this Caleb Williams Drake May uh sweepstakes that is going to happen probably in the top two three four picks um of this year's football draft um, and so I, I have to wonder if, if they are kind of preparing to go that way of changing over, you know, a head coach, I, it, it would be kind of, um, it, it would be a disservice to everyone in that building if they didn't just go for it with everything and just go get, go get us a highly rated highly anticipated quarterback no I don't mean any offense to Sam Howell that dude has outplayed my expectations if you listen to this show he has already eclipsed what I had expected um I'm an advocate for him in uh just in a normal year but when you're talking about changing coach and you you know you probably don't have like the answer to your questions at quarterback and you just acquired a second a third round pick to maybe throw into a bundle with the high pick you're already going to have 
I, I could very, very well seeing one of those two, you know, sweepstakes caliber players at quarterback residing in Washington to give the enemy something fresh to play with. And to that end, I think that plays out very well for Terry McLaurin uh, and his hopefully uh, elongated stay in Washington. Yeah, he's the last guy I would like to see moved in any of this, you know, in any of you know any potential um, you know, like, it's like, do you think the Bobs are, are in Ashburn right now? Like the football Bobs and they're just evaluating every Washington player. Like, like Sam Cosme, what, what would you say y- you do here? Um, uh, to Cody Barton, who's injured right now, but, but what, what would he say he does here? I, I think it goes beyond the, um, the, the star players too, the high profile players. It, 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 they're, you know, almost every player on this roster, you know, we saw it in Seattle maybe 10 years ago when Pete Carroll came in. They turned over almost their entire roster. Um, it was like a real rebuild. Like, and that wasn't that didn't even have an ownership change or or uh, or anything like that. So, and, and you see the benefits of you know we've we've been holding on to these few players, hoping they'll pan out for for a few years. Like, we're hoping that you know this defensive line magically comes together and finally you know shows out in a game against a team that is actually somewhat good and it's just never happened and finally the, the team was like all right like or the new ownership was like all right we're just we're not going to wait for this anymore um you know i think they've had enough of a sample size this season to to realize like all right we need to move in a different direction so um you know like what well Kurt, curtis samuel um well what, what would you say you, you you do here he's he's probably got a, a stronger chance to to he's 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 more of a more of a peter gibbons i think in this than a tom smikowski because of what he's brought to the eric the offense well, if he's not careful, he's going to be in Michael and Samir's place. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, you, you can't fire Samir and Michael, but you know, he, he, he might be over at Benetrode soon. Um, <laughs> I, I, that there's just, it, there's just not a, um, I, and I, I think maybe this is the problem for Washington the last couple of years this year, really, there's just not an identity. There, there is not a singular way that Washington really wants to play. If you could pick one out, it would have been dominant defensive line, pass rush, run stop, uh, you know, keep the game low scoring, ground and pound with, with Brian Robinson and Chris Rodriguez, who looks good, by the way. Um, but uh, aside from the hopes and dreams, it certainly hasn't worked out that way. And, you know, I, I, I don't think you have to – you know, be coming out of, uh, you know, a Peyton Manning like career for your franchise or Tom Brady just retired and left. Like, I, I think it's okay to start rebuilds with, with some assets already on board. And I, I think that's just what Washington needs to do. It's avoided drafting the quarterback replacement for Robert Griffin, the third for how long. And it's just like, you can keep drafting offensive linemen from Ohio state and Alabama, but it does, that doesn't win you anything. If you don't have, if you don't have the quarterback to, to lead you there. And some of that's leadership too, you know, as much as I like Sam Howell, that there's, I don't get like a loud or a quiet leadership role with him. Not to say he's bad, but he just at this point hasn't seemed, um, like like he's able to to rally the troops necessarily. He had a great game against Philly, um, but I, I think I think it's just time to go get that bona fide quarterback and, and just try again. That will solve so many more problems than trying to fill the eight, nine, ten other holes in the ship. Let's let's just go 
patch where the cannonball went through and worry about the bullet holes later. Um, if we can fix where the cannonball is, that helps us fix all the other stuff. You know, we don't have we don't have to worry about sinking. We could just bail out the water and, and, and catch up there. So that's kind of where I'm thinking Washington should lean. But they win too many games. It's going to cost them more money to maybe trade up and get one of those two quote unquote bona fide players. Um, but I am certainly here for Washington to stumble backwards into drafting Drake May and watching the awkward turtle in the room of him taking over Sam Howell's job in Washington. <laughs> so what one tar hole in my quarterback room isn't enough for you. Great. Great. Well, you, you seem to like the first one. So I just give you another one and it, it just, it, it, maybe we can get Tez Walker there. We'll see what the NCAA says, but maybe we can get Tez Walker over to you guys too. <laughs> Uh, the NCAA is probably not even going to let him be in the draft. They're like, no, you can't, you, you can't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, but, Tez. Uh, but I will, I will say that the bears second round pick figures to be high, at least that we got well, from Montez sweat. Absolutely. And I wanted to flip over to that because that's same, same that, that, that is a questionable decision for Chicago because that trading a second for Montez sweat, that is like contender loading up for the playoff move. All they did was trade a second rounder to what get a couple of extra months of exclusive contract talk with Montez. Yeah, I mean they're gonna have to they're gonna have to open the the pocketbook for him. Like, yeah, it doesn't make him well cheaper. Yeah. Like, he's a free agent. He's anybody's game in uh, four months or whatever it is. Like, I, I, that there there had to have just been some like to to me for Chicago to do that. There has to be some sort of assurance. But then I think back, okay, this is the team that traded the first pick in the second round for Chase Claypool last year. So is there really any thought process actually going on in Chicago? Or is this just like, there's always just one guy in the league who doesn't know trade valuations and you just, you, you slowly migrate his good players to your team over the, over the year. I th- maybe that's Chicago is you just, you slowly filter their picks out into the rest of the league. They're just that they're that trade bait team that everyone <laughs> likes to trade with. Cause they just fleece them. They're like Tennessee. The Tennessee Titans. Yeah, they really are the NFC's Tennessee Titans. <laughs> it, it, over to Chase Young, too. The, the, the rich get richer in San Francisco. This is a lot more like uh, kind of like you see in, in baseball or the NBA sometimes, like those those like half-season rentals. Not to say he won't be in San Francisco long-term, but this is a lot more like, hey, our, our defense might be one piece away. Um, you know, and, and the Niners are on a three-game losing streak. We'll talk about that a little bit, too. Um, but they, they, you know, they they – need to stop the bleeding and they've already got a pretty loaded defensive line, just a pretty loaded defense in general too. I um, an actually loaded defense, not like one that Washington's been talking about. Um, so this is, a, this is an ideal destination for Ch- Chase Young, I thought. Um, and the, the third round pick, uh, I think that has something to do with his knees. Uh, that That is just a little bit of long-term hesitancy because of how many games he's missed. You know, Montez Sweat has some injury issues too, but they're not the same like, kind of long-term risky injuries that keep nagging you or, you know, might, you know, God forbid he tears his ACL again. But, but I, I thought, I thought the 49ers, they were a team that had been mentioned along with, um, you know, some other contenders, even, you know, the Patriots were a team mentioned. We played them this week. I knew they weren't going to go there. Um, uh, the Bears were even a team. Yeah. The, yeah, the Jags, the Bears were even a team mentioned possibly going after Chase Young. Uh, but I, I thought, you know, I thought just for him individually, you know, re- disregarding his former team for a second, I thought he landed in a place that is really, he's really going to thrive in. Yeah. Book ending with, uh, the second round pick prior to him also out of Ohio state at defensive end, Nick Bosa. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's low risk at the very least, you know, 
Um, uh, Christian McCaffrey hasn't got hurt there, and he, he was getting hurt all the time leading up to it. So maybe there's some sort of, uh, I don't know, medicinal flower that is legalized there that helps you manage pain and uh, deal with injuries. I, I couldn't couldn't speak on that, but um, it, it's an interesting fit at the very least, um, ju- just with his potential. He he kind of feels like I I don't know. It, he kind of just feels like signing Jadavion Clowney um, a, a little bit, just in terms of what you know you're going to get and what you're unsure that you're going to get. Um, but he's got if you're able to get him there and he likes it and he likes you know hanging out with the Bosa's. I'm sure he's good friends with them. Just being uh, a former Buckeye at the same time, basically. Um, you know, you're in the same area with, with some of your friends, maybe you can get him to stay home, you know, stay there for uh, a cheaper deal going forward. He's not going to have as much leverage. Um, if he did, he would have gone for more than a third round pick. Um, so, uh, a, a, a decent potential long-term, especially if he plays really well this year, I think you're uh, very inclined to keep him around and maybe move some other pieces. If you're able to, to snag that guy and and get out of him what Washington hoped they got out of him. Uh, a, a scary defense just got even scarier. Yeah, and you just you wonder what's going on with the Niners right now because, you know, three losses in a row. Um, they, they lost to the Bengals. Um, and it, it was the Browns. And then in between, um, who did they, they lose to in between? Was it a, was it a good team? Uh, Niners... I should remember they get, this. They got blown out one game. Yeah, they lost to the they lost to the Browns on a field goal that they probably should have made, and then lost to the Bengals. And I'm looking it up. Uh, Vikings. Like, oh yeah, okay, yeah. It was on Monday yeah. Night Football. It was on a yeah. yeah, and that wasn't really a game they should have lost either. So, I mean, they're they're you know they're they're not they're they're definitely uh, definitely need need a sort of a fix, whatever that fix is. They haven't um, won since they blew blew out the Cowboys. Yeah, and and then they were they were talking a lot of shit about that game too. Not that they shouldn't Big have, time. but now but, they, um, they lost they've lost Debo Samuel since then. So that, that's that's true. really that's really really hurting them. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, a team that has the aspirations and roster they have don't lose three in a row to the three teams they lost to, uh, just because of one guy. There there's, uh, I like Brock Purdy. I think Brock Purdy's been really good. But um, he's not a guy who can go do it by himself. Uh, he, he's just not that type of quarterback. He he has to have his weapons. Um, he it's not like you can like Patrick Mahomes or or Josh Allen potentially uh, who can just go out there and kind of wing it to whoever's on the field. He 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 needs dudes around him. He he is not a Tom Brady. He is not a a Peyton Manning. The, let's just be realistic with what what Brock Purdy is. And uh, I think the 49ers will manage that better going forward. He, he needs more weapons um, because yeah. he, he he's just not a set it and forget it quarterback. Yeah, and, and he's a guy you're like, you're like, you're kind of wondering, like, is this guy deserving of a of a long term deal the way Daniel Jones was, you know, the way, um, you know, Justin Herbert was the way uh, Lamar Jackson was like just these all these quarterbacks have gotten paid like the Niners are going to have to make that decision at some point too. you know, they had Trey Lance who they traded away. Um, I guess Purdy is, I guess, two more years after this one for his rookie deal. So they have some time, but they they do have to figure out whether he's the, the guy or they're gonna 
pursue a quarterback as well. Um, Cause they did, they got pretty, they got, they, it was on display finally in, in at Levi's stadium this past weekend, like Joe Burrow finally played the way Joe Burrow was supposed to play. Uh, I don't know if that's, you know, he's finally healed from his preseason uh, injury with his, his foot or heel. Um, or if that, you know, if there was, you know, just some shit they were working through, but the Bengals finally had a game where we, you know, we were like, Oh, those are the Bengals that we have gotten used to over the last couple of years. Yeah. Just a really complete performance. Um, you know, I, th- I think we tend to lay the blame on Cincinnati uh, struggling on Joe Burrow, but you know, that this was, a, they were whole team failures. Um, the, the losses to start the season, um, you know, it, it wasn't, uh, of course it was, it was definitely in part to Joe Burrow, but, um, you know, there, there were still problems like giving up 27 to, to the Titans at that time, um, g- giving up 24 to the Browns to start the season, uh, you know, just, just things you can't do. And now they come back, they, you know, come out of their bye week have a, probably, I would say just flat out their best game of the year. Um, that they don't have an easy or tough uh, schedule down the stretch. I'd say this one's right there in the middle. But um, if they're able to to parlay that uh, Monday night win, or uh, sorry, Sunday night win, Sun was it Sunday night? Sunday. It was, it was four twenty. It was four twenty plus five. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Eastern time. Uh, if they're able to to parlay that into a win versus the Bills, I mean. This this Bengals team is right back on the track that everyone was anticipating them being on prior to the season. Uh, Joe, Joe Burrow ran very very well. He looked finally. I mean, honestly, for the first time, he looked fully healthy. Um, and if they can just keep him upright, keep him from getting hit too much, uh, I, th- I think the Bengals are, are are certainly back to what we expected. And his connection with Jamar Chase uh, was, was highlighted on Sunday with with ten completions. That's <laughs> that that don't happen by accident and that was they were good completions there was a touchdown in there where he stuck a backflip uh i think the Bengals are finally getting a little bit of their swag back which is probably more important than any one thing they're a very swag needy team that it they have been since they were at lsu and i say they because it just feels like the whole fucking team's in cincinnati now <laughs> yeah and uh all four of our super bowl prediction teams have winning records at the moment um seattle six and two um or five and two sorry uh cincinnati four and three jets four and three and the lions are the lions are six and two now with that win against the uh, the raiders last night and those those blue helmets that i i thought would have looked a lot better with blue pants but i i I think i think most people still prefer the silver i I just hated the logo yeah Uh, the logo was weird the the color i think could work if the logo wasn't like it it almost looked like they were trying to be the um expos (laughs) just just a really weird logo i couldn't tell what it was from afar that's always a bad logo design um but uh before we hop out of here in this first quarter i i'm I'm just gonna i'm gonna bring up my cuddly cats from duval uh because they have they have quietly uh they're tied for second in the nfl there there's one team that has a better record that's philadelphia they are tied with the rest of the afc leaders right now at six and two um and just not a lot of folks you know talking about them i i hit you with the uh we don't have a not so fast my friend in the nfl picks but i hit you with as close to a version of it as i could last week um when you uh picked the steelers and i, I was very adamant that that was just like 
that 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 was maybe a, a pick of what I would expect most people in the country would say. They would just look at the brand names and say, "Yep, Steelers and and Heinz Field," and just not being completely aware of of what this Jacksonville team is. This is not a sexy performing team, but this, this but this is a team that can beat you any way it has to, and that's what I love about this Jags team. They can drag you through the mud on defense. They can drag you through the mud on offense. They have the receivers to go big play. Uh, they can stop your run. They can stop your pass if they want to. They choose not to most of the time, um, j- it just in, in favor of stopping your run. But this is a team that is still getting better. Uh, made a small addition today in Ezra Cleveland um, from the Vikings. I project him to be depth slash rotational uh, for our guard spot. Um but he's uh, eighth-rated guard on um, on PFF's list. He's got a really, really uh, great track record as a pass protector th- uh, this year. Um, so we throw him into a rotation that is getting stronger by the week. Uh, Anton Harrison handled T.J. Watt very well. Uh, the Jags also helped him do that by keeping a tight end uh, to his side for most of the game. I-, I wish more coaching staffs would just be that honest and say, okay, Let's just help this guy. You know, if every team approached Micah Parsons the same way, you wouldn't hear his name as much. Just respect him, put another guy on him, don't let him be a problem. And for the most part, he wasn't. Um, and it, I, I, Jags going to the bye week. We come out playing San Francisco uh, in two weeks, so we'll, we'll see what we've what we've done. We'll see what they've done uh, in a two week time span. But I just think it's time for folks to start taking these Jaguars seriously. They they are in their last seventeen games. They're 13 and four. Three of those losses are to the Kansas City Chiefs, one of them to the Texans. And they've won 13 of their last 17. This ain't this ain't your daddy's Jaguars. And the Jaguars also involved in the trade deadline today, getting Ezra Cleveland from the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, what, what does that do to this offensive line? You mentioned Anton Harrison has been playing really well. Um, do, do you see Cleveland as depth or is he is he going to slide in here? Yeah, that, that's what I was mentioning earlier, that he's going to be kind of a uh, uh, an interior uh, initially, I think he's going to be depth, but um, you know, we had Brandon Sheriff get knocked up, it knocked, not, not knocked up. That would be weird. This is 2023 though. Um, he, 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 <laughs> well, I'm he familiar sus- as a Washington fan. He was always injured. So. <laughs> he's, he sustained a bit of a knock in, in week one was able to come back though. Um, but it, it's just, it, they're, they're doing exactly what I, as a fan want my team to do and that is protect your humongous investment quarterback trevor has been the least pressured quarterback inside the pocket this entire season and that is such a flip from where it has been the last two years and now they're doing things to go out and invest in that ensure that okay if a guy goes down we don't fall apart if cam robinson goes down like he did last year we don't fall apart we're building those guys um uh, interesting note here um Ezra Cleveland was drafted two years ago to Minnesota by our current offensive line coach so he's the guy who drafted Ezra um it'll be interesting to see how the offseason plays out he's on his last year of his rookie deal so he's in the contract year uh there, there's a lot of teams that want him as kind of a you know one of your lower end starting guards uh so it'll be interesting to see how Jacksonville plays that but at the very very least this is one of the best insurance policies on the offensive line you could possibly get and it only costs us a six round pick which we had like 
10 sixth and seventh round picks last year. And I want to say seven of those guys are either on IR quote unquote, or just flat out cut. So I would much rather use our sixth round pick on a rental to try to ensure a good playoff year rather than save it and try to build something else. Cause the, the Jags are still building for sure. Um, but a six round pick isn't going to help our build. It really doesn't help anybody's build. That Those are just lottery tickets for those gambling addicts that we call front office managers. Um, they're, they love gambling on some sixth and seventh round picks. I hate that shit. I don't want any of those. I trade all of them on Madden. Get, I'll give you five sixth round picks for one fourth round pick. I'm, I'm taking a lottery. I'm taking a dart throw on a guy in the fourth round over 10 dart throws in the second round or uh, sixth round. Uh, the Jaguars will have to really brace for the second half run by the Tennessee Titans because the great Will Levis is going to lead a turnaround. Oh Dude, he, looked, he looked really good. That. He did look really good, but I still couldn't even say it with a straight face. Man, I tried. I tried. Oh, I can. <laughs> I, I, I'm not I'm not one of those guys that's so married to my my stance that I can't just look something in the face and say, um, I, now I'm not saying I was wrong, but I'm not going into this necessarily hoping the kid fails other than the fact he's a titan that last touchdown he threw holy shit where where did it come from where did that come from the the thing is he's always had the arm strength that's the reason he was there um the problem is million dollar body 10 cent head i think and uh, this is just one game i'm not gonna base anything off of that necessarily but I think one of the reasons he dropped is because he was a cocky son of a bitch in his senior year and going into interviews. And I, I, I've heard anonymous scouts say that that was one of the reasons they dropped him on their board is because of his attitude. And when he's sitting there day two and now his girlfriend's left him to go do Burger King commercials, I think that I think that just gives you a reality check. And I think that can change who you are as a person. And that matters as much in the NFL as, as much as anything else. Um, j- just his attitude. I haven't heard him whining about being behind Tannehill or being with Malik Willis. If anything, I saw some maturity out of the motherfucker in the post game where he said, y'all better not be booing Malik when he comes in. That's not, that's not okay. Like the, the plan is for both of us to play. And he, he took up for his com- competition. I, I like to see that. I, I I would love nothing more than for Will Levis to prove all of us wrong, except for it would hurt me in the division. But I like stories like that. And this is a guy who has a truly, a truly great arm. It's that he hasn't had anything else himself uh, while he was at Kentucky. He had limited weapons, but he also limited himself because he was just kind of self-absorbed, eating bananas with the peels on and putting mayonnaise in his coffee like he was he was like if hot takes were personified and it's it seems like he's matured a lot in the last six months i'll just say i'll I'll, I'll leave it at that and he'll be starting it sounds like uh mike rabel all but confirmed that thursday night in a game we will pick uh soon uh, here at uh, the, the in the second quarter, um, and looking if on the injury front uh, for Pittsburgh, it's looking, looking like Kenny Pickett will be ready to play as well. He he pretty yeah. much confirmed that to the press too. Um, but last thing I had uh, I wanted to throw in before uh, we get to the picks is another Tennessee quarterback or former Tennessee quarterback, 
collegiately at least is on the move. Um, we talked about this yesterday, actually. If you, if you follow each of us on Twitter, you might have seen our our exchange with some uh, some wordplay. But uh, Josh Dobbs, Josh Dabbs, but actually Josh Dobbs, um, traded from the Arizona Cardinals along with a seventh-round pick to the Minnesota Vikings who just lost Kirk Cousins for a sixth-round pick um, in a move that a lot of people thought was expected. Um, you know, you you, you kind of called it yesterday during our conversation, um, and I think you called the team too. But that's that's a, that was a an opening that became uh, became apparent when uh, when Cousins was ruled out for the season. So uh, good for Dobbs to get to get to. I'm, I'm guessing he's going to slide in and start. I mean, who the hell else do they have in that uh, in that? You know, Jaron Robinson, I think his name is. Um, Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall. Uh, my bad. Um, but I, I've never heard of that guy. I'm assuming Dobbs is probably going to be be the guy. Um, but and now he he gets a he gets a little bit better of a team to 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 be. You know, he at least gets to throw the ball to to Jordan Addison and hopefully eventually Justin Jefferson. But um, you know, the Cardinal Cardinals kind of punting on this season like we already knew that they would. Their only win remains against the Dallas Cowboys, which makes no sense. But you know, Josh Dobbs remains that mercenary man. You know, you need a quarterback. Here he is. You know, in a pinch, there, you know, boom! It's like a genie out of a lamp. Well, and this is huge for him too, because you know, you get Justin Jefferson back, his numbers are going to improve. Whether or not his play actually improves, his numbers are going to improve. And you know, j- just by way of coming to Minnesota and having I, out of out of the box, I don't know if it's a better offense because he had Hollywood Brown, um, and now he's moving to Jordan Addison. But he certainly upgrades and tied in with Hawkinson, um, and. Connor is probably better than either one of their backs, but uh, once Justin Jefferson's back, hey, you just throw that up. It, it don't matter how good you are. Uh, Justin Jefferson can make the worst quarterback look good. Um, you know, kind of like that Garrett Wilson factor of just get, just throw me the ball. I'll figure it out. I, I don't care. Um, and it's going to make Dobbs some money. His number is going to be better. He's going to be an even more uh, sought after either bridge quarterback, kind of like, uh, um, you know, a, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, of of old, Marcus Mariota of old, um, or just a really, you know, what we're going to need a backup type of quarterback like Gardner Minshew, where you have a, a quarterback like Justin Fields or Lamar Jackson that you're just, you're pretty sure is going to get hurt at some point. And we need a guy who is at least a little bit like him to run this offense. Uh, there's going to be a, a very big need for Josh Dobbs in some capacity next year. So all he's doing right now is he's just adding dollars to his contract by going to Minnesota. And I mean, Jaron Hall is going to play this week just because it's going to be hard to pick that playbook up, but I expect Dobbs to start the week after and, and probably maintain it the rest of the way. Yeah, that that'd be cool. That would be cool. Uh, He's just, he's a guy you just like to see succeed, you know, like whether you're a Tennessee fan or not. Um, yeah. just the guy who just fights, you know, he just fights to stay in the league, man. He, a lot of these, cause a lot of guys, you know, you get cut once or twice, like that's it for a lot of these guys. You don't have the will to keep playing. Like you don't have the will to keep going to tryouts. Um, and you know, Do- you know Dobbs has a guy with that, you know, you, they talk about his engineering degree all the time. So you, you, uh, you know, he's got that, that good head on his shoulders that keeps him going. Um, but well, that's, and, uh, yeah, I mean, well, that's one of the reasons I root for him too. Cause he's, this is a guy who has a degree that, you know, if, if he would have just not – if he would have not gone to the NFL, there's a chance he could be making more right now in aerospace engineering, working on, you know, the next James Webb telescope or the next, you know, 757 that doesn't disappear into the ocean, um, you know, and, and making more money doing that. But he lo- he just loves football. That, that This is one of the few guys that has legitimate options and chose, chose football still. 
um, chose to go out there and get beaten up by the scout team or the second team every week. So uh, it, this is a guy who definitely deserved um, – he's just had the worst timing in his career, and now it's finally, you know, kind of flipped. That Now he has – he's kind of holding the cards. He's one of those – He's one of those quarterbacks that's hung around the league long enough that everyone kind of knows about him. Everyone's heard the good things. Uh, he's super smart, so he picks up your playbook very fast. Like the, the the flexibility and desirability of a guy like that, especially one that can run the way that he does. Yeah, I mean he's he he he's he's an asset that he he'll never make the amount of money that Josh Allen maybe even makes in one season. But um, he, he is so valuable to the ecosystem of the nfl that he's gonna play for as long as he wants you're on mute yeah that was my uh, my my usual one per show where i i go, go <laughs> off go off and you then get realize one. i'm on mute everybody gets one um but a couple couple other couple other uh trades just to, to tie up here but at the end of the quarter uh Packers trading Rasul Douglas their uh cornerback to the uh to the Buffalo Bills so the Bills bolster their secondary a little bit and Donovan Peoples-Jones is now a Detroit Lion so uh Connor Lilly I'm sure is buying the jersey right now um he has been traded to from the Browns to the Lions so uh there was Cleveland traded and the Browns were also involved in a trade as the uh the first quarter comes to an end here but um yeah those are those are two just two moves that I think uh I think the uh the the teams, you know, the teams making them, the teams receiving the the player, players mentioned, um, just you know, have those small holes that they need to fill and just uh those are those are kind of stop gaps. We'll see how those are. Sul Douglas has, has been pretty solid for the Packers for a few years. So thought that's a good move. He he doesn't have to change climates either. He goes from one cold city to the next. Yeah, exactly. I was, you know, surprised that uh maybe Barkley or Henry weren't traded, but I I can see why the Titans maybe feel a little bit more uh, optimistic about the season after after last week, but uh, I don't I don't know why the Giants feel great. Um, and you, you certainly have no guarantee of re-signing Saquon, so um, I'm a little bit confused why they didn't go get something for him. Um, they're not going to win this year. They're not going to compete this year, and um, that, that chances are they could have just come right out and. <laughs> bought him back in, in free agency if they, if they were just going to do that. So I don't know. I'm confused there. Yeah, I'm preaching to the choir, but I always like when the Giants do silly things. Um, I wish Dude, we could just beat them, though. I wish we could beat them on the fucking field. This Brian Dabble experiment has gone from great to horrible very, very fast. He's Jim Zorn. He's Jim Zorn. This was he literally he had, he had like most of a season where he was good and people liked him and then people figured it out. The league figured him out. And he had no answer, and the league's figured out Brian Dable, you know. And he's just—he's yeah. just a—he's just a, a loud, blowhard, bald-headed fuck who doesn't really know how to coach football. I mean, he there, doesn't there have Josh go. Allen there anymore. You, there you have it. As the the first quarter comes to an end, and I get it. Of course, I that get is a the... shot at the Giants every show. One down, three to go. Second quarter action straight ahead, right here on the right hash. We've moved hurdle toward the first college football playoff rankings um, here in the in-between quarters here. I'll just plug our other podcast, The Right Hosh, with uh, Rob Jordan. We'll have an episode next week, um, our bi-weekly schedule there picks up. Go back and listen to the last episode if you had not. Uh, Max Reynolds, our first ever soccer guest on that show. Um, so we'll have that coming next week. Or, yeah, yeah, next week. Um, but here are our NFL picks. Of course, uh, 
if you listened at the top of the show, our inverted format here, allowing for live reaction to the first ever CFP rankings. We'll also drop our own college football playoff rankings to kick off the second half of this show. But first things first, uh, we'll start with our NFL picks here. And we have we have quite a few of them. Um, kind of, uh, I think uh, like about 11 or 12 picks here. Um, no surprise indies in the NFL. We save that for college. But we'll start with Thursday Night Football. Titans at Hinesfield taking on the Steelers. Yeah. You want me to revisit last week? Oh, yes. Give us yes. A the, the, uh, the, the standing or the, the score update. The, the yeah. So update. last week you had a great week going eight and three. Um, if you hadn't done that stupid thing and picked the Steelers, that would have been a beautiful nine and two. Uh, I was seven and four. Um, you know, just a, a, a couple of coin flip games. Uh, if, if you would have told me that Kirk Cousins got hurt, I would have doubled down on my Packers pick. Uh, but dude, that, that team is bad. The Packers are bad. And, uh, we'll, we'll talk about them here, here in a minute, but I'm disappointed in them. Um, so that brings you on the season to 38 and 35 in the NFL brings me to 39 and 34. So we are neck and neck in terms of, uh, uh the year long standings. Finally, a winning record. Finally. Only took me eight weeks of the season. Let's you, not you, fuck. Let's not fuck this up, Luke. Let's not fuck this you, up. You are in the black. Let's stay there. <laughs> All right, Titans and Steelers at Heinz Field. Will Levis and Kenny Pickett. Man, this is intriguing. These are kind of two mid- middling teams in the AFC. I can't, you know, I can't really figure out either of them. Um, I'm going to take the Titans though because I got burned by the Steelers against an AFC South opponent last week, and uh, I think Derrick Henry. Not being traded, he's gonna he's gonna phase out the distractions and have a big game. Um, expect a run heavy game from the Titans. A lot of short passes, try and neutralize that Pittsburgh pass rush against the rookie quarterback or quarterbacks or second year quarterback if it's Willis. But anyway, taking the Titans here, I think that offense will be a little bit too much. I'm also taking the Titans. Uh, this the Stillers team is just uh, not great. Um, they, they have some great individuals, but. Uh, getting Deontay Johnson back helps, but you know, in his first game back, all he did was blame the officials. They gave us the game. Uh, yeah, it had nothing to do with you dropping a touchdown on the first play of the game, dumbass. Um, so I'm taking, I'm thinking the Titans. They're they're mentally in a better place than the Steelers, um, and in the country, they are much better located than the Steelers. So I'm taking the Titans. That brings us from Thursday night to Sunday morning. We get another Sunday morning. This is the I love last it. Sunday morning. I love it. I believe this is the last one, and this is the second time the NFL has been in Germany. Um, we had one a year or two ago, I believe. Um, so this is uh, Dolphins, quote-unquote, at the Chiefs, uh, Sunday morning football. The Dolphins have just been a team that I have I have backed all year, so I'm going with the Dolphins again. Um, I, I, I don't – honestly, I, I even hate to mention this, Luke, on the show. I wish I knew if Taylor Swift was going because if she I was, was literally going, just I'd, about to ask if she was going, I'd pick the chiefs and I knew she was going. Um, but I I'm, I'm going with the dolphins. Just love watching that team. Tyreek Hill has really, uh, really carried some of my fantasy, uh, team this year. So, um, rolling with the dolphins. I am going to go with the chiefs. I don't know if Taylor Swift is going. I, I don't think so. Probably not. That's, that's, that's a lot of travel for someone who's about to go back on tour. Um, if, if you want to call what she does concerts, I don't consider really the Eras tour a fucking concert in, in the traditional sense. But uh, anyway, chiefs, I, I think they have a, a better defense here. And it's going to be a high scoring game, but I think the chiefs are going to make a play 
Um, and, and I don't think they're going to have two clunkers in a row. I've, I've no idea what happened last week in Denver. Maybe maybe Zach Burhans can enlighten us, but no Taylor didn't go. what happened. Yeah, I guess, man. I guess That's what I'm Pat saying. Mahomes, Pat, well, I'll talk about this in fantasy, but Pat Mahomes really let me down. Uh, but I don't think it's happening again. I'll take the Chiefs. I, I think Pat had the flu, too, for those wondering. Yeah, he uh, was added to the injury report, I think, late yeah. Saturday night. Uh, take but, notes, Arthur Smith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's in the past, but good good segue there because our first Sunday afternoon pick is the Atlanta Falcons taking on Jaron Hall and the Minnesota Vikings in another popcorn game with, well, if Kirk Cousins was playing in this game, it would be a lot easier for me to pick. Um, instead, we're going to – Desmond Ritter might actually be the best quarterback on the field if he plays. I don't know if he's going to play, though, because he has a concussion. And if he doesn't play, that means Taylor Heineke is going to play for Atlanta, and there's no way I'm picking against him. So I'm going to assume here on Tuesday that Desmond Ritter does not clear concussion protocol. Taylor Heineke gets the start, and the Falcons win. Everyone knows how much I love Taylor Heineke. He should still be the quarterback in Washington. No offense, Sam Howell, but Taylor Heineke – uh, I'll I'll never I will never forget that pylon dive uh, that that he made a couple of years ago in the playoffs and uh, I will forever uh, think highly of him. Hopefully he gets to play. If they're smart, they'll go ahead and just let him play. I'm taking the Falcons. Um, I just don't I I don't quite know what to do with the Vikings in a full game of Jaron Hall. Um, I mean the, the Falcons don't use Bijan Robinson the way they're supposed to. So anything could happen. Like Arthur Smith has given away dumber games. Uh, I'm not putting it past him, but um, if he just does kind of like, if he just asks Madden, if he just loaded up Madden and asked Madden, he would win more games. Um, so I'm taking the Falcons. Uh, that takes us over to uh, Rams Packers. Um, a very, very weird matchup because I don't know if Matthew Stafford's going to play. Uh, he um, con- made very serious contact with his thumb on a helmet uh, on Sunday, kind of re-injuring the issue that took him out most of last year, that MCL in his, in his thumb. Um, and I, 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 I just – I hate to pick the Packers because they have just screwed me over and over. But if it's Jordan Love versus Brett Ripien, I, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm just taking the Packers. Uh I don't really know what to do here. Packers are three-point favorites. It's at Lambeau. I think that's mostly like this time of year at Lambeau. Kind of you get extra points on top of the normal three home field advantage. So maybe Lambeau can score, you know, know, seven, ten extra points for them. Uh, I don't know. This is is a toss-down, not a toss-up. This is a toss-down game. Sunday's forecast in Green Bay, 51 degrees, partly cloudy. So no no Packer weather for this one. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and take the Rams. You you said it a few minutes ago. The Packers are just bad. Um, I just yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't see this offense doing enough against this Rams defense. I, and the Rams do have good receivers. Um uh, better receivers, I think, than than the Packers. Um yeah, I'm I'm saying I'm if it were if it were gonna be snowing, the Rams an indoor team with a backup quarterback probably have a tougher time but in 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 a on a milder day in green bay with the sun out taking uh taking the team from california packers just traded Russell douglas too so yep they are uh they, they are uh very much punting on the season as <laughs> in case so. uh in case that wasn't evident all right that brings me to my favorite team uh the washington commanders with a i don't want to say a new look defensive line because you know guys like james smith williams and casey tool have been there for the last few years too so they'll ostensibly slide up you know andre jones kj henry will 
kind of get their first real extended action of the season with these two trades um, and going up against to face a Patriots team that has not had a very good season. Um, but still, I, this is, these are matchups. I just don't like, you know, uh, they have the coaching, definitely have the coaching advantage, Belichick versus Riverboat Ron. Um, I, I, uh, I, I, this is uh, you know, a game where in Gillette stadium, you just go into it to a stadium where you don't really play a whole lot against a team, you know, that still has a passionate fan base, even though they're having a bad season. Um, team that beat the Bills a couple weeks ago on this very field. Um, and I just, I, I just, there's too much and too much uncertainty surrounding Washington right now. I'm going to go with the Patriots in this one as much as I would not like to. And as much as I would like a victory Monday, um, still hard for me to, hard for me to see one coming anytime soon. Uh, maybe the Giants game in a couple weeks, but Patriots here. Uh, I'm actually going to take the Commanders. Uh, I toyed around taking them last week to beat the Eagles and they, they have they have the horses to keep up with that roster. They they did the unthinkable last week. I did not think you could stop a brotherly shove. Not only did they stop it, they created a fumble, recovered it on the goal line, uh, and, and and took the possession away. Not only that, they took two possessions away from the Eagles inside their own ten last week. Um, they were just AJ Brown was just too much for this defensive backfield to handle. Um, the Commanders don't have that. Uh, they just lost Kendrick Bourne, put him on IR. Uh, we're talking about the the shell of Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, Demario Douglas are the top two receiving candidates for the Patriots, and I, I just don't think the Pats can do anything to outscore. Yes, I said outscore the Commanders, so I'm taking the Commanders on this one. Um, I, I think this is going to be a day that uh, we see a lot more Chris Rodriguez. C-Rod has gotten a lot more run the last couple of weeks. I would love that. Than, I would love uh, that. Yeah, so um, the, 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 the Pats just have the weaknesses in all the right places for the Commanders. Uh, so I, I'm, ta- I'm taking them to go into Foxbor- Foxborough, uh, take over, come into your trap, take over your trap type of thing. Um, uh, wouldn't, it be, and, wouldn't it be something if Zeke Elliott had, like, the game-winning touchdown on us, though? <laughs> I, I, see, that, that's what I'm thinking. I th- the Commanders know him. The Commanders are going to be uh, incentivized to take him out. So I, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, could be wrong, but. I don't know. Um, <laughs> plus, you, you have an all Alabama defensive line still, I think, uh, and I'm sure they would love to to sack Mac Jones just yep. for some just for some Facebook posts. So uh, <laughs> we go from one team in the DMV to another team in the DMV. Uh, Seahawks uh, at the Ravens going to Baltimore. Baltimore playing very good football right now. Five and a half point favorites over the Seahawks, who just traded for Leonard Williams yesterday. Uh, making a, a very high-end trade um, to bolster their their pass rush. Um, but bolstering pass rush is not going to help you in this particular game. Uh, the Ravens, all aboard the Gus bus. That guy's had three touchdowns. Uh, it seems like every time he's come in, into, into the Ravens' backfield. Um, so I, I'm taking the Ravens. They're playing – they're pr- playing maybe the best overall football of anybody in the, in the NFL right now. Um, can Lamar stay healthy is going to be their question down the stretch, but uh, I love what they're doing right now. And I'm picking them to beat a very, very good Seahawks team. Yeah. Two weeks ago, very, very good lions team came into Baltimore, got smacked by 32 points. I don't think it's going to be that dramatic this time, but I think Seattle's due for a bit of reality check. And this is the team that is, you know, built to give it to them. 
uh, Baltimore, uh, flying East, especially one o'clock game kind of gets your, your body gets a little bit longer to take to, to get going. And that's going to be a little bit of an inherent inherent advantage, I think for the Ravens. And uh, yeah, give me, give me them. I, I, I love riding with this team at home. They're, they're playing great football. Yeah. Yep. All right. Bucks and Texans. CJ Stroud returns home after the Texans gave the Panthers their first win of the season. So the 20 to 2009 lions and the, or excuse me, the 2008 lions and the 2016 Cleveland Browns can pop the corks of uh, O'Doul's or non-alcoholic champagne. Cause who the fuck would celebrate going winless? Um, but, but this is a, a Gulf of Mexico rivalry. Both these teams uh, on the, on the uh, America's third coast, um, inter- inter- intriguing city matchup, intriguing football matchup between two middle of the road teams, interconference. Uh, this was a popcorn game, and I actually, I, I confess, I flipped a coin and it landed on heads, which means bucks. Um, I'm taking them in this one, but I def- definitely wouldn't be surprised to see CJ Stroud have a good game and outduel Baker Mayfield. But officially, I'm taking the bucks. Yeah, I kind of a coin flip, but I'm just going with what I've seen, and the bucks seem to be trending downward. Um, that they, they seem to be getting a little bit worse every game. Um, the Texans, I, I just like their upside. I, I, I think they're a they're they're a young, um, hungry team, and I mean it. It could be that I just uh, they absolutely beat the ever living shit out of us earlier this year, but I, I, I've seen what they can what they can do um, when they're clicking on all cylinders. Uh, I need a huge Dalton Schultz week, please. Uh, Evan Ingram is on a buy for me. So I'm picking the Texans mostly just because I want Dalton Schultz to have another uh, good touchdown week. Um, but I, I also just, for whatever reason, I just believe in this team. Um, so I'm going with the Texans to win this one. And sticking in the AFC South, uh, the Colts are traveling to Charlotte this weekend. Um, the Colts are getting two and a half points going into Charlotte. Uh, Frank Reich's old team, uh, so a, a lot of crossover in this game. Uh, Gardner Minshew took some took some big shots last week and uh, was kind of in and out of the game. If he's healthy, I think the Colts do well enough to just kind of glide by this. It's not going to be an easy win, but Jonathan Taylor getting back to himself a little bit. Uh, you know, the, the Colts offense is kind of starting to, to, to find itself. Um, and I, I just think the Colts are going to score more than the Panthers are capable of right now, but, uh, kudos to the Panthers on their first win. Bryce Young's first win. Frank's right. Frank Reich's first win as a, as a Panther. Um, I, I think they're headed in the right direction, but I think they lose to the Colts this weekend. Yep. I've got Indianapolis in this one too. Um, it's not as if Carolina really played well last week. They just played less bad than Houston. Um, and I think Indy's just a, a better team. Um, so I will take, uh, I'll take Indianapolis in this ball game. Um, too too bad for the local crowd though. That is at least at least the local fan base gets one victory Monday. Um, Bryce <laughs> Young Bryce Young gets a win as his as as an as an NFL quarterback. Good good for him. Um, but now to the late games four twenty plus five slot. Um, this is a uh, there's two games in this slot. Most of the country is going to get the Eagles and the Cowboys game, but. Uh, first we will pick the Raiders and the Giants out in Las Vegas. Giants. Uh, Daniel Jones is going to be returning to practice. It's been cleared for contact. So um, we're recording this on Tuesday. Um, if he practices full during the week, we assume he will start. Uh, and <laughs> the Raiders offense just looked awful last night in Detroit. Just looked horrible. If it wasn't for that pick six from Marcus Peters, that game would have been a blowout. It was the only reason that it was within two possessions in the fourth quarter. 
Um, so this this is this is going to be a putrid game. I, I almost picked this to be a tie. Um, the game this could be very similar to the Giants Jets game last week in terms of of offense. Um, but I I am going to go with the Raiders in this one because they have the best healthiest player on the field. You know, toss up between Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs. They have the best the the, the healthier of the two running backs. Um, and of course Jacoby Myers has been a been a a, a good target for them all year too. Um, so you know Jimmy Garoppolo sucks, but I think Daniel Jones sucks more. And this is thank God most of the country is getting the other game. No kidding. That's a that's a mercy scheduling if I've ever seen one. Um I, I'm also taking the Raiders. I just I, I got a gut feeling after the lack of um involvement the Raiders let Devontae Adams have last night. We're gonna get almost an overcorrection. I think they're just gonna feed him the ball as they should have been doing this entire year. Like, why the fuck is he on the team if you're not featuring Devontae Adams? Like idiots. Did you see what the Cowboys did? Last week when they finally featured CeeDee Lamb, we'll talk about them in just a second, but like, it's not that hard. This is not a super difficult, this isn't rocket science. There isn't some unknown combination that this isn't mastermind. You don't have to keep, like the answer's right there. You're paying them a lot of money. Throw them the fucking football. And Jimmy G, um, he's the one in black, not the thing on the ground in green. Um, Stop throwing it to the thing on the ground in green. Throw it to the guy wearing the black jersey. You're going to be fine. He's got um, all that hair too. Like, how do you miss it? Yeah, it, it shows you how fast he's going. Like, it, 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 you can gauge how fast he's going by how high up his dreads are. Like, it is perfect if you're really good at it. Um, <laughs> I'm taking the Raiders because the Giants fucking suck, and they already sucked. Um, Daniel Jones, uh, I don't know, said he returned to, to practice. Devontae Adams might not return to practice this week, but I'm still taking the Raiders. Um, getting off this game, going to maybe the best game of the weekend, NFC East special. Um, Cowboys at the Eagles. We're going to Lincoln Financial, uh, a matchup everyone has been looking forward to most of the season. This is, I think this is one of those games that tells us which one of these teams is real or is neither one of them very real. Um, a 420 plus five. Can't forget to mention that uh, Eagles three point favorites. I think that sounds about right. I think this is going to be a close, lower scoring game on both sides of the football. Um, AJ Brown gets a, a late moss to to win this one. Yeah, this is uh, this is Rocky Balboa, the blue collar, hard hitting <laughs> streets of Philadelphia team boxer, whatever you want to say, versus Apollo Creed, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, dressed up like Yankee Doodle coming into the ring at Madison Square Garden. Uh, but, man, I hate both of these teams so much, but I love when they get together and I can watch it and it's not up against a Washington game. Um, you know, got Washington at 1 o'clock. This is the the, the mid-afternoon game that I'll have my attention on. And, and I'm taking Philly, too. Um, you, yeah, man, I'm not I, – I pick the Cowboys when it makes sense for me to pick the Cowboys, like when they're playing a really bad team like the Rams. Uh, like I did last week, but not in any kind of game that has implications. Um, yeah, Philly. Um, Jalen Hurts is not his knee has looked a little bit gimpy, so keep an eye on that. But um, but I think Philly's defense is is too good, um, and and their offense is good enough that they won't just hand Dallas points the way the Rams did or other teams have done earlier this year. So yeah, give me the Eagles, and they really grab a stranglehold on that NFC East. And our uh, this is actually a. Uh, segue into the last or the last game of Sunday. We have two more picks, but you know, I, I have two really, really good games back to back. 
um, on, on, uh, on NBC is the aforementioned bills versus Bengals game. This is at Cincinnati. So the Bengals will have a, uh, a bit of a home field advantage. Um, of course you, you remember what happened last year on the Monday at football game. Um, we saw, I saw, I saw a tweet about, about it. Um, yeah, DeMar Hamlin has the chance to do the funniest thing possible. A <laughs> good, good sense of humor there. Um, assuming this game actually gets played to its completion. This was a, a really tough pick for me and it's an even tougher pick because I gassed up the Bengals a little bit earlier in the first quarter. Um, but I, I think, I think they still get one more roadblock here. Um, I, I think Josh Allen kind of, kind of come, you know, really has a good game here. I think the, the Bills adding Rasul Douglas, that's a, a, a weapon in the secondary to counteract, you know, T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. And of course, Jamar Chase. Um, we'll see, we'll see what they do with Jamar Chase uh, on defense, but I'm, I'm going to take the Bills here in a close game. Um, I, I think this is, this, this could be, could also be the best game of the week. You got, you know, you got those two back to back on Fox and NBC. Um, but yeah, just give me, give me the bills here. It was a tough pick, went back and forth, but settled on Buffalo. Yeah, man, there's some, there's some fire football this weekend, finally, um, just across the board. Uh, and, and no better way to end Sunday than with this game. Um, you know, probabilities say this is, uh, there's a high chance this is some form of an AFC playoff game uh, at the end of this season. So, um, very excited to watch this one. I, I I'm picking the Bengals just because of how they've been playing recently. Uh, the the Bills have not been operating uh the way they should. They add Leonard Fournette though this week. Um, I I doubt he's really ready to play, but they add him. What that tells me is they're not comfortable with the James Cook Latavius Murray duo them and running. Um, I expect Leonard Fournette to come in and. I don't think he's going to take over the top back, but I I think he probably takes over the lion's share of what uh, Latavius Murray's doing. Um, and you know, all, to to all of those ends, I, I just like featuring the hot team. When I have two of these really good teams, who's the better one coming into this one? Uh, it's the Bengals. They're three point favorites. This one's in Cincinnati, so I'm just taking the Bengals for you know all 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 of the you know coin flip uh deciding variables because i think these are very you know pretty even teams uh on any given day um it it, this is going to be a a low margin of error type of game um just taking my coin flip variables there and chili 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 versus buffalo wings what do you like better (laughs) chili versus buffalo wings 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 especially i I don't like that skyline stuff man yeah me either that's like it's Um, just just, just pasta sauce yeah Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you're just serving spaghetti without the spaghetti. Like, what the hell happened here? Go grab some noodles. Like, <laughs> Good on let's a hot make dog, this, Let's make this a meal. Where's the carbs? Um, <laughs> but that 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 leads us into uh, Monday Night Football, which this Ugh. is another one of those games Ugh, that the Jets gross. have been featured in because they expected Aaron Rodgers to be playing. Um, Chargers going to the Meadowlands to play the Jets. Uh, Chargers are three-point favorites. They just kind of ho-hummed their way through the Raiders uh, last night. Um, is that correct? Am I misremembering? I don't know why, just all of a sudden. But anyway. Chargers, Chargers played against um, – golly. Now I'm forgetting. I, uh, they, I, didn't play, they, didn't, they didn't play the Raiders because the Raiders played the Lions. Bears. Bears. There, there you go. That, I, I literally – I tuned out of that game so early, man. Yeah. That was not yeah. a fun game to watch. I watched for fantasy purposes, that and that was it. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, a ho-hum game versus the Bears, I didn't have to do much. Um, this is going to be a huge test for Justin Herbert because this is the side of the ball that keeps losing them games. 
Um, I, I just don't know if the Jets have an answer for Austin Eckler uh, when he's healthy and when they're featuring him. That guy is borderline the best player in football. It's him and Christian McCaffrey neck and neck when they are featuring him when he is healthy. He looks great, looked kind of back to his old self against the Bears. Um, so I'm taking the Chargers in this one. Um, as much as I as much as I have uh, love the Jets, um, you know, they still came back. Zach Wilson, fun fact, Zach Wilson out of the 2021 draft class has more fourth quarter comebacks than any other quarterback. He has six, Trevor has five, Justin Fields, I think, has one. Um, so wow. just fun fact, like 20 20- I think someone made a shirt like 24 seconds is enough or something. That's what they came back and, and did last weekend. Um, but I don't think they're going to be able to do it against Khalil Mack and, um, and Joey Bosa uh, Der- and Derwin James, yeah. um, a, a, a bit of a different task this week. So uh, chargers. Yep. Same here. Uh, I, you know, watch out for sauce Gardner though. Always watch out for that Jets secondary, but I, I think, oh, yeah. See, I, I almost said San Diego. I think I think LA is is good enough to to neutralize that and kind of you know the, in the chess game they they have more moves they can make. So yeah, give me the Chargers in this one. Um, in a game that should not be on Monday Night Football. I, we we got we we got a, we didn't have a Manning cast yesterday, so we we I'm figuring we're gonna have one for this game. Um, I so hope that, so. That that'll at least make it entertaining. Um, Maybe they'll have Aaron Rodgers as a guest to watch his his old his 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 current team. No, he'll he'll probably be on the sidelines. But um, we have reached the end of the second quarter here. That is our NFL pick segment and reached halftime with a uh, we're about um about fifteen minutes from the show starting on ESPN for the uh, reveal of the college football playoff top six. The first one um that'll be lots of fuel for discussion tonight and moving forward in the college football season. But halftime here. Quick fantasy football update um, in the right hash league. I took home another victory. Uh, it was a a glorious win for big, huge dicks over Dak to the future. Carlos's team put up a whopping 158.92 points. Um, just just lo- love, love to see it. Um, lost in a couple other leagues this week. So glad I got a W here, bringing me up to third place as I climb above Mike Barlow on points. Um, Uncle Keith, edged you so he uh, he stays in second place um and rob jordan stands alone at the top seven and one he got another dub this week and man man he's just he's dominating the league right now i'm the only one who's beaten him but but this is a this is a a, a top heavy league still um in, in in this uh this fantasy league um i want to uh want to shout out J- jameer gibbs who you know, he finally had a breakout game. I had already won by that point. So it wasn't like a, wasn't like a, he got me a victory on Monday night thing, but a, finally a nice showing from Jameer Gibbs, of course, AJ Brown uh, doing what he did against Washington and CD lamb putting up a blistering 41 points. Those were my, my studs this week. Um, My stud this week was Devontae Adams because he lost me my matchup. Um, Yeah. I don't have too much else to say. It's just kind of a, just one of those kind of just a bad week, but still a good enough week. Um, my live pickup of the Atlanta defense proved to be ultimately my downfall as Will Levis came in and threw touchdown after touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. Um, <laughs> watching the points melt away from my Atlanta defense. Uh, not great. Lost by four points, uh, less than four points, three and a half points. And um, you know what? At least it at least it was to Uncle Keith. At least at least it went to a at least the win went to a good home. Um I, I'm okay with Stayed that. In the family. He's, 
right now he's the only other person who looks to seriously be challenging Queen Lizzie's revenge, even though I do have, like, I still have scored more points than anyone but Rob this year. Um, that, that this is, this is the, uh, the fallacy with, with fantasy football. Sometimes it's not a, it's not really a head to head sport, but we judge our wins and losses based off of that rather than the amount of points that actually scored. Um, but Hey, I'm, I'm having fun. Uh, still plenty plenty of of uh runway left for this season um fourth place is is five and three and i'm here in eighth place at three and five so just two games separating fourth from eighth uh still a lot uh still a lot a, a long way to go i like my team I, I still have a lot of confidence um i am less confident in Devonte adams as a as a fantasy player going forward but like i said in in talking about the game there's a chance that they just overcorrect and feature him like big time feature him so um i would assume i would assume that's being addressed in las vegas this week i would i would assume with as much as much as they have sunk into him (laughs) well i i mean yeah that they didn't trade him and i i just don't see you not trading that guy to also not feature him that that sounds like that sounds punitive and like a lawsuit waiting to happen um so we'll we'll see this is a tough week for me i McCaffrey on a bye week, Montgomery and Laporta on a bye week. So, um, that talk about a stud, man. Sam Laporta has been just Mr. Wonderful for the, for the Detroit lions. That was a hell of a pick. I I have drawn the unfortunate matchup of queen Lizzie's revenge. Oh man. Um, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have a lot uh, of his production on bye, So I'm getting the full brunt of, uh, of, of the Brits right to the face. Um, (laughs) They're taking over. They're taking over fantasy football. They fucking colonize everything. Cheerio. Like they colonized two countries that I have heritage from. And now they're colonizing my fantasy football league. Uh, they're going to colonize the fuck out of me on Sunday. I can just feel it already. Um, I'm, I'm getting the t- I'm getting some tea and crumpets ready to, uh, to, to soak my tears in. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm, pu- I'm putting out just because I like to do these, these bets with people uh rob should you agree to it uh winner buys the other one serving of crab rangoons <laughs> oh it's it's on the show so it's official now I, it, it doesn't matter if rob hears it or not <laughs> well no he he has to accept that's the thing all right i, I propose that he has to accept so all right we'll find out well, if we, rob well, listens we, to the show well we do have we do yeah we do have that planning thread in the for the right hosh so we, we will find out indeed but other matchups um include myself taking on nicole in ninth place um that's that's a that's a game i gotta win it's a game it's a game i gotta win um armon against carlos uh six versus ten matchup that's a that's a i don't know if they've updated their lineups yet but that's currently only a three-point difference uh, mike barlow takes on uncle keith two versus four that that one should have some implications up at the top of the table as we say uh, on the other show and uh alex roth who's on a little bit of a slide right now down to fifth he takes on zach burhans who has changed his name because of Kirk cousins injury it's now etn with flowers no longer etn with cousins so props to zach for staying current um those are our matchups this week and just got a few more minutes uh, here in halftime before uh, the uh, the college football show starts. Um, the, not our college football show. The the uh, the top the CFP playoff ranking show. Um, so uh, we're 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 going to be reacting live to those as they come out. Um, and the uh, what we want to do before we get to our top six, however, is favorite Halloween candy. I mean, we mentioned this at the top of the show. 
We uh we it is it is a All Hallows Eve tonight. Uh, I've not gotten any trick or treaters yet in my my apartment complex. It's kind of chilly, kind of cold. Everyone probably did it this weekend, so we'll see if that actually happens. But um, I have a lot of thoughts here, but I'll I'll, I'll let you let you kind of also set your table as well, or your you know your your Halloween bag. Um, what you know? Do you? Do you I, I, it's hard for me to pick one. Do you really have just one? Yeah, I mean it's it, it's one, but it's kind of like it's an assortment of the same thing. Um, and I, it, it will make sense. Uh, so I'll, I'll go ahead and say mine. This is if I could just pick one candy to get at Halloween. It doesn't have to be a Halloween candy necessarily. Uh, at least not what I'm thinking. Just what is your favorite candy to get at Halloween? Answer it how you will, though. Um, my favorite candy period is Reese's peanut butter cups. However, there there is a better version of Reese's peanut butter cups and it is the shapes that come out around Halloween. They do them at, at different holidays, but the ghosts, the pumpkins and my favorite, the peanut butter footballs are my favorite Halloween candy. First off, there is no wrapper around it. So you're not losing the chocolate coating and transfer um, after, after it's been in the bucket and, you know, your hands have been through it and sorting it and trading it with your, with your siblings or friends, you're, you don't have as much melt off, but you also get a better chocolate to peanut butter ratio. And if you have time on Halloween, or if you have a big bag of it and you're one of those people that is able to save it for like a day or two, stick these in the freezer or the fridge and they are heaven on earth. So the Reese's peanut butter shapes. And like I said, that's that is footballs, ghosts, and pumpkins. Also love the bunnies and uh Santa Clauses when those times uh come up as well. Um don't forget the trees. The trees. Oh yes. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Those are my favorite. Favorite one oh, yeah. of those, I think. Iteration. I like all kinds of trees, uh, especially around Christmas time. We like uh, you know the 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 green kind i also like the little debbie trees but that is that is a a list for another day yeah that's a it's that's a solid uh solid one reese's reese's cups you know reese's whatever reese's peanut butter and chocolate yeah the, the shape shapes. the reese's shapes always a solid pick um i like yeah the egg the eggs the reese's eggs i like yes. you see those all the time oh. at easter i i'm gonna go with a classic and if you if you see any pictures i post or have seen me broadcast with these in tow before you understand what I'm talking about. I am a absolute demon for peanut M&Ms. I like all the M&Ms and M&M kind of in the same vein as you with these Reese's like shapes, whatever, any kind of M&Ms, but peanut is the way to go. I get a little bit of a protein boost. You get some chocolate and it, it's the, the bright yellow bag. It's like when it's dark outside, you're walking up to the neighbor's house and you see those little bright yellow bags in the bowl. And I'm like, yep, that's what I want. Um, so I, I am I am all about the peanut M&Ms. I, I usually eat them during my broadcasts um, just as a, as a, not a superstition, but it was something I did a couple times. And I was like, you know what? Hey, I, I'm just going to keep some M&Ms by me in a, in a, in, in the booth with me. Um, uh, I actually almost killed one of my broadcast partners because I didn't know she was allergic to peanuts. <laughs> um, so I offered her some and she was like, no, can you not eat these in front of me? And I was like, okay, that's something I have to think about for, uh, for the future, but uh, Job yeah, security. Man. yeah, man, give me, give me peanut M&Ms. Just, I will, I would take a bath in those things, man. Those are, those are, those are the best. Um, those are, that is my favorite Halloween candy. 
Luke, I've got a present for you next time you're here. And it is a it is an old school from the 90s. It is a, a, a big sits on your counter and it is it is the red Eminem. He is he is standing. <laughs> yes. And you put you put peanuts in it and you pull his hand down like a lever and it spits out peanut M&Ms Holy right shit. right into your hands like it, it it is made for someone's desk in sports. I'm convinced. It has been a family heirloom. It was at my grandmother's house for the longest time. Uh, she she was doing some cleaning, gave it to me a couple of years ago. And after just hearing that, I I, I know where its rightful home is, and it is with Luke Dadgardy. God, it's 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 because I can't have that Jags because I won't wear that Jaguar sweatshirt you wanted to give me. <laughs> I was like, well, all right, I'll well, take if, the M&M instead. If you eat the M and M's out of this, you wouldn't fit into it anyway. So uh, <laughs> it's probably true. Yeah. Honorable mention. Honorable mention goes to the peanut butter M and M's though, because those are also really good. Dude, M and M's went the same way Oreos has like the last five years, and it's just like any flavor we can think of, we're putting inside of our flagship vehicle, food vehicle. The, uh, it's weird, but I respect the, it. The happiest I've ever been outside of sports was two year, two about two and a half years ago in New York City. I went to the M and M store. And it was like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Like, every single kind of you could think of. Like, coffee-flavored M&Ms, freaking nougat M&Ms. Like, God, I don't even remember. Fruit roll-up M&Ms. Like, shit, man. I'm, I'm, I like the pretzel I'm, ones. Yeah, those were those are good ones, too. Um, yeah, I mean, cookie. they had cookie dough M&Ms at that place. They have, like, just walls. It's like, you know, the old-fashioned candy scoops where you can just put them in a bag, and then you weigh it at the end, and it costs an arm and a leg. But I just, I just did not care. Uh, as as a kid, me and my siblings love getting the little tubes of uh, M M&M and M minis. Yes, those are so good. Yeah, just and you, then it's I, like it's like taking shots. You're like taking shots of M and M's out of the tubes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like a, a Alcoholics Anonymous for chocolate kids. Uh, <laughs> for kids who like chocolate. Um, but dude, then I could put like my coins and stuff in there. Such a useful, such a useful little uh little container that it came in contraption yeah, yeah. <laughs> a contraption and the, the little popping noise it would make when you squeeze the sides oh man they don't uh, make candy like they used to no no they do not so everyone enjoy your halloween candy i will probably be heading Fuck to the candy store. corn though Fuck yes candy corn. yes we're in agreement on that um i will probably be heading to the store tomorrow or thursday just to buy the discounted candy that uh that hell yeah buy. so that's a, that's the the uh the millennial adult uh, Halloween post Halloween plans. Um, hope everyone. I, I saw some good costumes. My dad. My dad did the cat in the hat at his office today. So that was. I thought that was a cool one. Um, you know, office costume. I didn't go to work today, so I. I didn't have an office costume, but I certainly would have worn a a flannel button up, unbuttoned uh, above a t shirt with jeans, and played Tetris and drank Pepsi at my desk like Peter Gibbons. Uh, <laughs> I, I I love the the kid who dressed up as Mike McDaniel's and and so oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that was, was great. A, whether you like Mike McDaniels or not, I thought it was a good uh, a good costume. Yeah, wonder if anyone will do Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Well, well I, I, oh, I, 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 I no imagine there's a, a lot of ones. Ones. <laughs> there's, Yeah, well, there's a lot of sad Travis Kelsey sitting in a movie theater right now watching a cult like like fucking dance circle. God, just on. drag, get dragged to that. I'm I I won't rip on that movie too hard though because with the strike, I knew the theaters needed the business. So kind of glad glad that's. The theaters aren't going under because of that, but uh, that's uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, we've reached the end of halftime here on this episode of The Right Hash. Halftime is over. Let's get back to the show. Third quarter action straight ahead, right here on The Right Hash. Do I, do I, oh, do I, do 
almost time for the first college football playoff rankings to come out. To prepare for this, we have done our own top six. Um, we'll kind of do it the same way we did our, our top six a few weeks ago. We'll just kind of spit them out and compare and then just kind of wait for wait for the, the real ones to come out. So this is a, I've got this up on my computer as we are recording um, and it starts in you know, couple couple well really couple minutes there they, any minute they should uh should be revealing the uh the actual top six but we'll, we'll go ahead and start with our top six and you know wh- why don't you why don't you go ahead and start us off here in this third quarter sure um so, uh we go on one to six or six to one uh go ahead and do we'll do one to six uh okay just just because at the top just because of their strength of record and who they've beaten ohio state I don't think they're the best team, but they have the best resume, uh, and I got to reward that. They beat all their ranked teams that they've had to play, and they've scheduled some ranked teams, so good for them. Uh, number two, I've got Georgia. Uh, they have looked like more, more like the Georgia of old the last couple of weeks, uh, and after that absolute beat down of Florida, I'm confident that they're going to be able to, to make do without Brock Bowers. Not just fine, but well enough. Um, at three, I've got Washington. They have the singular best win. Uh, in the country this year, having beaten Oregon. Um, so I, I've got they, – they've been a, on a little bit of the struggle bus recently, but I have faith they can overcome that. Uh, four, I've got Florida State. That LSU win, uh, doing a lot for them still. Um, not 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 the most impressive resume, but they've won every game they played, and they played LSU. So I've got them there. Number five, Michigan. They beat the absolute living shit out of everyone they've played they just haven't played much of anybody. So it, I, I try not to hold that against them, but every team above them has a, a better resume to this point. So I'm going with Michigan at five and then I've got Oregon at six um, out, outside of the, the field goal loss to Washington. They've had almost that they've had a near perfect season. Um, just everything you could have asked for out of them. They have, they have provided Bo Nix has been what he's supposed to do. They've beat every team they're supposed to beat, like they're supposed to beat them. And that they lost just a very, a very close game to a really, really good Washington team. So I've got Michigan and Oregon as my alternates, um, you know, for whenever one of those teams ahead of them loses a game. All right. That's a good, uh, good, good top six there. I've gotten a lot of the same teams, um, but I have, I have some of the, some different order here. I, of course, as I as I normally do, I have Georgia at the top. Um, just the the, the they won the last two game, two championships, and no one's beaten them yet this year. So I'm just I'm just sticking them at the top until somebody knocks them off. Number two, I have Michigan. Um, just because I feel like they've you know they've just they've you know like you said they haven't really played many 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 good teams, but they've taken care of business every time and done it with ease. Um, in pretty much every game. Number three, Washington. Signals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it does, it does make it easier. Cheating does make things easier. Usually <laughs> just until Slightly. you get found out. We'll see. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens now that they can't do it anymore. Um, number three, Washington, <laughs> um, they've, they've struggled you know, the last couple of games. They've still come out with wins. Um, they're solidly in my top four. And like you said, that win over Oregon probably carries the most weight out of any win that any of these teams had, except for maybe one that I'll talk about in a second. Um, number four, I've got Ohio state. Can't leave them out of the top four after that win against Penn State. That's not the win I'm talking about, though. Um, but they, you know, they have they they have kind of solidified themselves as a top two team in the Big Ten, who the committee loves a lot, um, maybe even more than they love the SEC. So my top four: Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Ohio State. Number five is Florida State, um, who has that win over LSU. And uh, I, I just the reason I have them out is because I don't think uh, that the committee thinks the ACC is that good. Um, I think if it came down to 
a second Big Ten team and an ACC team, then they they go with the second Big Ten team. Um, and then Oregon is my number six, kind of like you. Um, they're just lurking out there. If they had beaten Washington, then they would, of course, be in the top four. Uh, but that Florida State win over LSU is a real wild card. And, and, and you know, the winner of that Michigan-Ohio State game the last week, will, assuming they don't lose any other games, will be a Big Ten representative. And then, you know, Florida State and that other second Big Ten team, you know, they could, they could you know, leap, realistically leap. So uh, that's you know, Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Ohio State, Florida State, Oregon for me. One last Alabama uh, is going to have to be monitored too. They play LSU this weekend. We'll pick that game yeah. um, after oh, the man. CFP stuff. Talk but... about great, great weekend of games. Oh man, oh dude, it's so <laughs> good. So, 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 some of the rankings coming out now. I'm not going to mention a whole lot except for Tennessee is at 17, um, one spot above uh, uh, <laughs> aunt and uncle Ned Carney's uh, Utah Utes. Um, but yeah, so uh, it, it's just now coming out. Um, I feel like the top six is a little bit more cut and dry this year than maybe the past couple of years. But um, I mean, it's, it's five undefeated teams and then probably on paper, the best one loss team. Uh, because like you said, I think we had all the same six teams. Um, so it wasn't like a whole, a uh, lot of dissension. It is somewhat in the ordering, but at that, at this point, it's just kind of what, what do you value from each, each team? I value Ohio state's wins, but they're, they're not winning games the same way as Michigan, Ohio state's winning in a significantly different way than we anticipated them winning coming into this season. Um, and I, I'm interested to see what this committee thinks about Michigan with everything that's come out uh, recently. So um, we're up to 11 now, 11 at Penn state. It's a hell of an 11 team. Um Yeah. Mizzou at 12. Mizzou's ahead of LSU. So that's wow. um and LSU won at Columbia, though. That that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But we are not on the committee. I will say, um, I will say if if this was a top eight, Alabama would be in mine, either at seven yeah. or eight. Just sure. I think, you know, the, the Oregon loss to Washington was by less than the Alabama loss to Texas, and it wasn't on their home field. So that that was the tipping point for me there. We'll see what the committee says, though. That I mean, just the eye test tells you this isn't like the, the Alabama team just doesn't feel like a playoff team, but they, they, they have a coach that's been there. And that, that's that's what gives me confidence. Like you said, they would be in my top eight um, probably with, with Texas, I think, um, at this point. Uh, man, uh, uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, didn't they? They sure did, man. That was that was that was what we thought was, or not what we thought, but what probably should have happened. The way they played two weeks ago against UCF, like that yeah. was the game where where they were like, oh, you know, oh, they they escaped that game. Well, they should cruise the rest of the season. I and I fell for that. You know, I, I, we I, we both picked Oklahoma in that. Yeah. Game. So and that that was an awesome game, and it even had a lightning delay in it. Like that that delay just kind of like added to the drama. And I was interested to see if these teams would pick up and play the same quality of football they did after playing a little bit and then being delayed. And they they sure did, man. That was a big shout out to Lance Leipold. I, I, he is he is a top ten coach in college football. I'm dear I feel Ar- very confident saying that. Dear Arkansas, research tickle me Elko and Lance Leipold signed. Your friend Alex and Luke. Seriously, man, like that. It, I just want. I wanted him. I wanted Lance Leipold for a few years ago, and you know, day, you know, NC State was 
of course, because they've been talking about getting rid of Dave Doran, but not actually doing it for years. Um, so I was just like, this guy up in Buffalo, keep an eye on him. And luckily, yeah. Kansas was, you know, fortunately for Kansas fans, they were the ones who ended up with him. And, you know, you, he's got I, he's he's got to be people got to have eyes on him because um, I, I don't know what his contract is at Kansas, but that that is one hell of a football coach. There, there's more lucrative places to coach football, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we're up to seven now. So seven being Texas, eight being Alabama, nine Oklahoma, and Ole Miss rounds out the top ten. Um, huh. So now we're just we're just waiting on our top six. I, I'm I'm still a little puzzled by the Missouri over LSU, but um, it, it, I mean Missouri has one loss in the season. They're, yeah, they're, they're a really good team. I, it's just it wasn't so much like shock that uh, like do they deserve to be there it's just like i can't believe that they're right there yeah like we never thought we'd see missouri like at, at be a factor at all and i mean yeah that's and that's you know that's what's going around athens this week too with mizzou coming to town a game we'll pick in the uh in the second quarter or excuse me in the fourth quarter to used to the uh used to the old format but um <laughs> Yeah, man, we're uh, this is this is we're, we're so it's almost like we're it's like we're walking up to the house now to knock on the door and our top six is going to be the candy that gets put in our bags. That that game has been a really hot topic um, uh, on uh, Tennessee Twitter this week because they're they're both teams in the East that at, at this moment have a little bit of a step on Tennessee, uh, Tennessee having two conference losses, Mizzou only having one, Georgia having none, though. Um, th- these are our next two SEC games. We play UConn this weekend. Then we go to Missouri, and then we get Georgia at home. And the question around Knoxville has been, who do we root for? If we could choose one team to win this game, who would it be? And it, it's it's been a real question because if you say, oh, of course I want Missouri to beat Georgia, okay, but Missouri then only has one loss in the East. You have two. Even, even if you beat Missouri, um, it, it, it's still tied. Georgia probably winds up uh, either being ahead of you or at worst tied with you. And then at, at the best, we have a three-way tie. Whereas if if we get Georgia to win this game but lose to Ole Miss, then Tennessee's destiny's in its hands, beat Missouri, beat Georgia. You had the tiebreaker over Georgia. Georgia has two losses. Tennessee's the top dog in that scenario. So uh, it's a very interesting, uh, not conundrum, but scenario for Tennessee fans just in terms of how do we watch this game who are we rooting for and CBS and the television partners don't often do this in the SEC but they they held the kickoff times for three games on November 11th Tennessee Missouri Georgia yeah. Ole Miss and Florida LSU so those games we don't know what the kickoff time is going to be uh or what the C- the big CBS game will be I'm thinking if you know if Georgia beats Missouri and Ole Miss wins, that'll definitely be the CBS game. But if Missouri wins, then that Tennessee-Missouri game probably becomes the 330 game and Ole Miss-Georgia goes tonight. So even even the conference is like, we need to sit and kind of wait to see how yeah. this shakes out. Um, and it's, it's well, gonna, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Credit, credit to Drink. Uh, you know, of course, there's still plenty of time for them to falter, but credit to Drink. Um, so w- we've, got the, we've got the top six coming out now. Um, yeah, I, think, six... I, think you're, I think you're a little bit ahead of me because I'm watching on the computer um so let let me let me just pause mine then and tell yeah. tell me when you've seen so uh, yeah right right now five. i've got greg Ma- right now i have greg mcelroy talking on the screen okay t- tell me when number five has been revealed all right uh but we, uh, yeah i'm until then just touching on georgia florida um I, I that was a performance from the dogs that i i didn't quite expect but you know lad mcconkey just finally had a, a big game 
um, had a touchdown. Um, you know, the, the other receivers were kind of quiet. Ra Ra Thomas, only two catches. Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint, only two catches. But that was also because Dejon Edwards finally ran the ball like the bell cow running back that he is. Um, so just a, uh, well, that's another another topic we, we might hit on here. Do you have any quick thoughts on that before I get to, I think I catch up? I needed one more catch from Oscar Delp to hit my parlay, man. Ah, <laughs> oh, um, damn. Delp. I, I only needed three Delp catches. <laughs> I only needed three and he got two. Like, dude, come on. I mean, he's got to, he's got to get drafted to the Eagles whenever he goes to the draft, right? Because like everyone from Georgia is going to yeah. the Eagles, and it's Philadelphia, Philadelphia, the streets yeah. of Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, man, this is a this is a uh, just a. Uh, I, I was I, I still I did not expect Georgia. I said it on the show. I was like, I didn't think Georgia would cover. Like I, Georgia ends up winning by twenty three. I mean, they they they're a fifteen and a half point favorite over Mizzou this this week in Athens, and I just I, I'm I st- I'm still needing to think about how I'm gonna go about picking that game because Georgia's constantly, you know, and we don't know if Florida's any good. They're probably not any good, but they they did have an experienced quarterback, and you know that's something that I I didn't think you know I thought might be a tipping point in Georgia's favor, but. Can we talk about that fourth down call from from Sunbelt Billy real quick? Like, what the hell was that? Snapping it through your quarterback's legs to your running back, and then he just gets devoured in the backfield. That was that was basically the game right there. Yeah, I don't know. With as hot as uh, uh, Etn has been in the NFL, I probably would have just uh, done a sweep to his brother uh, the way he's been playing this year. Right. Um, I have the that. bracket in front of the bracket is in front of me on my screen. And they just revealed Oregon as number six, so we're we're one for one. All right, uh, we we are we are going to be one for two. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, um, but yeah, or Oregon, I think where where they're supposed to be. Um, yeah, was a uh, you know that was you know the, uh, there's still still a lot in the Pac-12 to happen this year. Phil Phil Steele, um, he wow, okay, 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 that's that's interesting. There you go, Washington. Okay, you're caught Washington up. at five. Okay, don't agree with that. Yeah, I, I I definitely don't. Wow, wow. Uh, unless Florida State is unranked, tell me what Washington has that Florida State doesn't. Yeah, I mean, or, or vice versa. You know what? Have I mean. they they haven't taken a commercial break or anything, right? Have they? Are are they? No. Are I, they still revealing number four? Do number four just once? got revealed for me. All right, they're yeah, gonna yeah, do yeah. this all at once. Good. Um, but I'm 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 very confused by that Washington that Washington pick. Um, okay, Florida State at number four. All right. Um, that's, that's what yeah, I have. They, they belong. They belong. They belong. So, so Florida state's not unranked. So we don't have to open that can of worms. <laughs> All right. It, it, that's almost more, uh, more questionable than uh, having Washington at five. I don't understand that at all, but. Um, the disrespect I, to Michael Penix. The disrespect. They're just not used to having two pack 12 teams up here. I don't think, well, the, but Boo Corrigan hasn't watched a West coast game probably since he was 30. Does this have anything to do with like the fact that the Pac-12 won't be a conference next year? I I just I just wonder. I can only help. I can't help but wonder. Is this if a anything, message being sent? <laughs> no. If anything, I think this is a reason to feature those teams because that gives them more storylines going into yeah. next year in the new conference. I'm this. But what what else can Washington do? I don't know. But number three is Michigan. Me. Um, so that all right. That indicates to me. I. That indicates to me who the you know we we I think we know who the next two teams are going to be and that this indicates to me the order. Um, I, I don't know so, if they would. Yep, there's Georgia just flashed as number two. Yep, yep. And that and uh, obviously Ohio State's unranked and Campbell's at number one. Yeah, just like we planned. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, so All I, right. Know, yeah, I now have the full top six in front of me. Ohio State at one, Georgia two, Michigan three, Florida State four, Washington five, and Oregon six. Interesting. Um, and... I, I I agree with everything individually except for Washington. Yeah. I mean, these are all the teams we knew were going to be there, but I don't, I don't see how you can't have Washington in the top four when they have the best win out of any of these teams. They beat your number six. Yeah, no, none of the other teams, the Penn State's <laughs> not in this. They're not in this graphic. Um, right. You know, LSU's not in this graphic. Nobody Georgia be- has beaten is in this graphic. Rutgers um, isn't and, in this graphic, so Michigan doesn't have anybody. I, you know, Herb Street's talking right now on the screen. Yeah, I kind of wish he. I kind of wish I could hear what he was saying, but if we weren't if we weren't doing our own show, I could. But yeah, I mean, there's you know, this is the preliminary ones, and I, I guess they just do this to get. Do they do this to get reactions? Because like Georgia well, with the hundredth strength of schedule is at number two. You know, strength of record is seven, but Ohio State has one and fifteen. So yeah, I mean, doing- Michigan. Michigan, I mean, their key wins are Rutgers and Minnesota. Yeah, I'm looking at that right now. Like, th- that does not compare to even Kentucky or Florida. <laughs> like, like, come that, on. Yeah, at all. Um, I, I, I just, I, I have to think that this is something where the committee doesn't have experience with the Pac-12 teams. And yeah. that's, that's mostly the Pac-12's fault. But at the end of the day, your job is to evaluate. And if you've evaluated, it, it, let, let's, let's work backwards here. If you've evaluated out of the one-loss teams, including Texas and Alabama, who both have a good win on their schedule, if you evaluate Oregon as better than either one of those teams and Washington beat that team, how do you not have Washington in your top four? The math doesn't math. I Now, I can't tell you exactly who you would drop, Florida State, but um, – I mean, Michigan or Florida State, I think, are, are prime candidates to drop out in favor of Washington. Washington just has – they have a better win. And if and if you're using that as criteria, then Wash or excuse me, Florida State has the much better win if you're talking about Florida State versus Michigan. I mean, that win over LSU trumps anything Michigan's done. Yeah, I mean, what what has Georgia done that Washington hasn't? Yeah, no, that's a it's a valid question. <laughs> like – I guess the the only I guess if you're asking the committee, I guess their answer would be play in the SEC. That's that's probably what their answer would be. Yeah, for better um, for better or for worse, you know, right or I, wrong. And that's fine. I mean, it, you know, it, the unranked teams in the SEC are usually better than some of the, you know, back fifteen ranked any other conference teams. It, it it's fine, I, I think, to give the SEC bias because it's not. It's not biased. They win every fucking national championship. They're in a good conference. Like the best team is there. But uh, I would say the the most difficult conference this year has been the Pac-12. And Washington is is perfect record. I'm wondering here. I'm just I'm trying to look into the crystal ball here. If every single one of these teams keeps winning. You know, up until Ohio State, Michigan, they go in undefeated. Washington's still undefeated, and they're still number five. Michigan's still, you know, Michigan and Ohio State are still in the top four. Does the loser of that game get in, or does Washington get in? And like, I wonder if they're kind of setting us up for like, oh, we're we're gonna, you know, we're we're gonna screw Washington over if that if that happens. Like, I it, stranger things have happened. You know, if, if it, it this happens every year, we have more than four undefeated teams when this comes out. And we're always like, oh, you know, if everyone keeps winning, someone's getting left out. But that Ohio State-Michigan game, like, it, it's it's going to determine the fate for both of those teams, but it also very well could determine the fate for Washington. 
Yeah, and I mean, th- this is a little bit hairier than we had it last year where Ohio State Michigan both made it. Um, you know, if, if Washington goes undefeated, um, th- th- there's no question. Like, they will have beaten USC. They will have beaten uh, Oregon. They will have beaten Utah. Uh, they would have beaten a really, really hot Arizona team. Um, they would have gone in. They would have gone into Corvallis and beaten Oregon State. They would have beaten Washington State. Uh, they would have gone into Michigan State and won. They would have beaten a very good Cal team. Um, I mean, the their record is not a joke. Yeah, I mean, it, if you're still someone who has some antiquated thoughts about the Pac-12, uh, watch football. Watch watch more than what you normally do because the Pac-12 is playing football this year. They have very good teams. It's not just Oregon this year. There's some really fucking good teams over there. Um I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, Book, Book, Oregon, and crew has always been questionable. Um, but at least last year on the first reveal, uh, first off, I loved it. Tennessee was number one in the country. I hadn't seen that since I was like six. Um, but uh, that, that they, they seem to always, for better or worse, get the top four, top six right. Um even last year, they put TCU in. When, when when it came to it, they put TCU in over Alabama, over Tennessee, over Clemson. They 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 did the right thing. Um, maybe this is for ratings. I I don't know if that's the case. Like I think the people who are going to watch this are going to watch this, and the people who aren't aren't. Um, yeah. I, oh, good. That that they're going to have Kellen DeBoer join the show. Uh, the head coach from Washington. So that'll be, yeah, that'll be cool. At least they like yeah, yeah. At least it's it's him and not like Saban, you know. Like and there's Boo. There's our uh, man Boo getting all getting all dressed up to go on television. Do, hey, do you hey think, Boo, can you can you give me a new football coach? Do you think when coach? he walk when he walks uh into a stadium and gets booed, he thinks people will really like him? <laughs> I have no idea. I love that though, because I have the same way. Like I've, I have people have people have like gone to ask me the same thing. They're like, do people ever like yell your name and you think they're booing them? Like, and I'm like, no, I'm not a professional athlete or a musician. But I've been to a bunch of Bruce Springsteen shows where that's the case. So, so yeah, that's, that's that is really funny. But I'm I'm I will I will boo him if he doesn't get me a new fucking football coach, even though State won this week. So that's not yeah, that's not happening. Yeah, I know, I know. That's not happening. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad we beat Clemson though. Always. Always good to to take down Dabo, make Dabo look like a fool, so I can I can post that picture of him running out of the fucking tunnel with an L. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Spe- uh, speaking of Dabo, um, you 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 wanted to at least uh, breach the subject of his. I, I'm sure most people who have internet connection and are on social medias have heard his response to Tyler um on on the radio show last night on tiger calls um yeah i'm i'll just let you run with it real quick i have i have some thoughts too this this was well first of all this was interesting to me because of what i do as a for 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 work like i I, you know i run the you know i'm back in the studio for the georgia show the georgia coach show where kirby smart um you know takes calls no he doesn't take calls but he takes questions from the audience and he takes questions from social media with you know with scott howard the voice of the dogs mediating um, so th- this was something that I was like, man, this could have happened on any coach's show in my building. Um, we, we're not a Clemson isn't one of our schools, but we have show after show after show during the season. Um, and, and so first of all, I was just wondering what was, what was going through the mind of that producer back in the studio while Dabo just ranted and raved. But, but second of all, 
he's been synonymous with Clemson football for the last 13, 14 years. He came in with Tommy when Tommy Bowden was fired in 2008, got Clemson to a bowl game. And it's, you know, the rest is history as they say. Uh, And now with the way the game's changing, he's been reluctant to embrace that and he's paying for it with his record. And he's paying for it with the trust that Clemson had in him and the Clemson fans had in him. Here's why I think this is the sign of something bigger. If things were fine in Clemson, if everything was fine and dandy, he would have taken that call, listened to that dude complain, and then been like, you know what? So what? I don't care. You know, that's what Kirby Smart would have done, have done because Kirby Smart has the last two championships in his pocket. Nobody argues with a winner. You know, nobody talks shit to the winner. Dabo isn't really winning games this season. They're four and four. They are in real danger of not making a bowl game if they don't pull their heads out of their asses. So I think Dabo can kind of see the future. He's like, I'm losing grip on this program that I've had, you know, I've had in my hands. People in Clemson literally think I am God and they don't think I'm God anymore. And this phone call is a little bit of an indication of that coupled with my team losing to NC state who isn't very good and being 500 this late in the season for the first time since I was hired as head coach, like Dabo, I think is, a little bit nervous now and he's doing his best not to show it, but this was a little crack in the armor. You don't get into it with fans on call-in shows. That's just, that's just not something that a big time college football coach is supposed to do. And you have to know you're going to get baited. You know, when, when things aren't going well, fans are going to talk a little shit. Fans are going to bait you and you just have to kind of just flush it and swallow it and be like, no, man, I'm I'm the football coach here and I need to be the bigger man. And Dabo wasn't the bigger man on that on that that call. And that just really indicates to me that like, you know, think, things aren't aren't quite right on, on the good ship Clemson. And it, it would just be it would just be cathartic to see Dabo talking all that shit, making his name, you know, making the, the Tigers in God's name, image and likeness. Well, I don't think God likes 500, man. God wants to bat a thousand. So th- this is just this is the, I hope this is the beginning of the end. I think it might be the beginning of the end and I, I'm just really enjoying it. Yeah. I mean, th- th- there's a lot of uh, professional etiquette stuff that maybe he didn't uh, uh, adhere to, but at, at the same time, it's, it, it's a forum, not just for the fans. It's a forum for the coach. And there, there's a lot on social media that, especially in recruiting, um, you may not think, it's the case, but fan attitude matters a lot, especially in the days of NIL. If, if you have fans supportive of the program, you're going to, you're most likely going to get paid more as a player, you know, on average. Um, I, I, I think it was, I, I, I'm okay with him defending it because he, he has been called out a lot the last couple of years. And I, I think everyone, if you're just honest with yourself, you know that at the end of the day, college football comes down to who has the better teenage quarterbacks, young adult quarterbacks. Sometimes you hit, sometimes you miss. Ask Alabama. Alabama had Bryce Young last year and didn't make it to the playoff. They they have Jalen Hurts, I mean, Jalen uh, Milrow this year, and are really no closer or further away. Um but it, it, it's a, it's about the quarterbacks you have. I mean, you know, it's his job to recruit them. And he didn't shy away from responsibility. He said, this is my job. I don't want to be losing. We're doing a bad job. I get it. I would be mad too. But, like, at the same time, it would be like if if you were 
you, you were on a on a phone call, a video chat with a, a customer, you know, at, at whatever job, and they're they're just berating you for being horrible at your job. All the while, in the background, you have employee of the month placard all the way across your wall, up and down. You're like SpongeBob from the crap from the Krusty Krab. Like you have all these employee of the month. Like you're clearly good at what you do somewhere that has not enjoyed success sustained. And I, I, I think there, I, I think a little bit of what he said needed to be said. I, I don't think they're excuses. I think it's an acknowledgement that you're, you're not even at the best natural pro football program in the ACC. You're not, maybe not even in the top three. I would say Miami, Florida state and Virginia tech are historically better football programs and have better football resources than Clemson does. Clemson, you, you, you're not getting anybody to come in and do what Dabo did in fucking Clemson, South Carolina. You're not. Now, is there stuff Dabo needs to fix? A hundred fucking percent. He, he needs to learn how to use this portal. Like, that, if he doesn't, he deserves to be canned. But until he proves that this is, that, that whatever he sustained for a decade was a fluke, I, he's cringy. He says stuff wrong all the time, but his, his success on the field is you, you can, you cannot argue against it. Some, some teams have bad years and he he's, you know, coming off of having Trevor Lawrence. They haven't been able to replace him, but they went through years of replacing Taj Boyd with Deshaun Watson, uh, replace him with Trevor Lawrence, replace him with DJ Uyunglele. Unfortunately, the, the last one didn't really work out. Um, you had to turn to someone who maybe was not ready and is younger. Maybe he doesn't turn out. It happens in football. The only thing you can do is go and find the next one. Go and find the next quarterback. I don't know if he's done that, but that that's where that's where Dabo is now. I, I, I don't I really don't think it's fair to talk about firing him. Like or, or like especially in kind of the rude way they did it. It was like, can you tell us about your buyout? Like I it was it was very disrespectful for a guy like he said, all the all the eleven win seasons, the two national championships, the number the the first round draft picks, the number one overall pick, uh, you know a lot of guys you see in the NFL today from Clemson are are from Dabo, and it, it's easy to get to where you can't see the forest for the trees. But let me tell you, as someone who has been lost in the forest for the last fifteen years, you need to enjoy the guys who can make you enjoy the majority of your Saturdays. And that's what Dabo has done for South Carolina fans, not, not South Carolina fans, but people in South Carolina um, who, who rep Clemson. He, he, he has given you the happiest 15 years that that program has ever experienced. It's not to say you should give him tenure and the Jim Harbaugh lifetime contract, but at the same time, he's still only 500. Like 500 is the worst he's been. And he's probably not going to end 500. I, he's probably going to turn it around at least somewhat. So I, I, I think he's right to say most of what he said. He obviously got emotional and, and said some weird things as is, you know, status quo for Dabo. But I, I just, I think it's really stupid to be questioning this guy with all that he's done at a relatively irrelevant football program.
Yeah, we've got, if, if you're a Georgia fan, you know all about Daryl from Columbus, who's our most famous caller, uh, calls him yeah. the fine bomb a lot. And when things aren't going well, he's pretty pretty hard on the dogs and hard on the staff. He hasn't had much to complain about recently. But um, but yeah, this sounds like a, this sounds like a kind of a, just a disgruntled fan trying to just get his, get his voice out there, you know, speaking for a lot of the fan base, I guess. But no, yeah, definitely, definitely not t- looking at this one season being like, you know, Dabo, Dabo should go or whatever. I, you know, I just like, I just hope the days of Clemson winning consistently winning 10, 11 games are over. Cause that's annoying me to me. Um, Clemson's fi- final schedule here in November. Not, not, not easy. Um, Notre Dame coming up this weekend at death Valley. We'll pick that game in a little bit. Georgia tech goes to death Valley. That's probably their easiest remaining game. Um, UNC goes to death Valley. So they're, they're at least they're at home for the next three games. It feels like they fucking never play on the road except the once every other year at NC state. And then they're at <laughs> South Carolina to finish the season, which, you know, that's, that's one of those, one of those rivalry games where you just, you can't really make a lot of predictions going in. Um, so, you know, who, who knows the Gamecocks could be, could be fighting for their lives in that one too. Um, so, you know, they, they, they definitely can, get to get to bowl eligibility it's not not impossible but i the you know UN, unc is no slouch man even though they've they've lost two in a row um it tez walker looks look looks like he's going to be healthy so that that'll be a tough game and you know clemson clemson could be in an unfamiliar bowl destination if they go to a bowl game you know one of those you know uh i don't know tax slayer gator bowl or military bowl pinstripe bowl type thing oh duke's mayo bowl would take them in in charlotte but yeah i just i just wanted i wanted to to mention that because that was that was a that was an interesting little uh kind of crossover with man that i feel bad for that producer having to, to listen to that shit and you know it's probably well, like, also, should i, should I have this on the radio yeah dude the, the producer let tyler speak the entire time he didn't cut him that, off like he he he, he set that up yeah, uh, that to the point where you almost had to wonder if that was a staged call. Yeah, uh, but then I, and, but then Dabo started talking, and I was like, no, that's not staged. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is real. This is real. Um, yeah, whoever wrote real... this script sucks. <laughs> it's like Jersey Shore, but but in the the upstate South Carolina foothills. <laughs> uh, who who typed the question mark on the teleprompter? <laughs> damn it you Burgundy's know he'll read anything that's up there <laughs> oh god well that's uh that's that's my piece on that um you know i kind of mentioned the georgia florida game that was a uh that was a beat down that i didn't expect happening you you expected it though so so good good call there um but t- you know tennessee and uh and kentucky that was the triangle's complete the triangle is complete another season with the uh yep. the rochambeau uh gators yep. wildcats volunteers what well, well, when you can just kind of casually toss out there like before the season even starts these are the three things that are absolutely going to happen and then they absolutely happen like, regardless of who should have beaten who uh it, it, it's a shame that it's going away because i i'm not going to be able to predict it as as closely when they're not all yearly uh, uh rivals of each other um but yeah it, it was fun going into kroger field um you know we, we use express checkout uh ran the ball a lot uh right right down their throats um you know we we played texas a&m who had the number one rush defense in the conference and uh put up 230 on them we played kentucky uh who had the second best rush defense in the conference we put up 250 um knocked them down to sixth in the conference after one game um you know what, what we lost Kamal Haddon for the season uh, prior to the game, who was our by far and away our best defensive back. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't think there's any 
question that that was a correlation with Devin Leary having his best passing game as a Wildcat. Um, but, you know, at the same time, Kentucky's got good players. They have a really good line. They did a, They had a lot of uh, success in neutralizing our defensive line. But where I land again, it, it, it's a conspiracy theory maybe. This is two weeks in a row that a Tennessee opponent on the road has not been whistled for a live ball foul. Um, and it, it, it's just bizarre how one of the best pass rushes in America – it hasn't been held once in the last two weeks. Um, I, I, I don't get it. Uh, I, I'm not saying conspiracy, but I've never seen that before. Um, if you go, if you go back and you count, uh, uh, the Virginia game, uh, there was one live ball call against Virginia. That is three games this year where Tennessee has had one live ball, penalty on their opponents that is that is ridiculous uh especially considering kentucky and alabama were two of the most penalized teams in the sec going into their game so um thankfully we won it i was never really worried i was nervous just because it was close and you know a bounce here there but like it's just what we do it doesn't matter how good or bad our team is or good or bad theirs is tennessee beats kentucky that's 36 out of the last 39 um I loved hearing uh, my, my favorite part of playing Kentucky is, is booting up Kentucky sports radio after the game and just hearing the fucking meltdown. And all <laughs> of, like, I, I, I never thought in the last 15 years that there would be a team that is ready to get Tennessee off their schedule. Like if anything, you're, you're hoping Tennessee lands on your schedule a little bit more often uh, until the last two years. Um, but yeah, absolute meltdown there in Lexington. Right, rightfully so at the moment because they don't look, they don't look great. There's just something off about Kentucky. Um, we shoved Ray Davis so far back into his backfield. Uh, he thinks he's back at Vanderbilt, um, but I, I'll give credit where credit is due. Devin Leary threw some nice balls. De- Devin Leary had a good game, um, and if he was just better, they would have won that game. But he is not the reason they lost. He had. I want to say this is the second most passing yards he's had in his career at 373. So uh, really, really good game from him. Something Tennessee's got to clean up uh, is is their defensive backs. And with, with Kamal Haddon uh, being lost for the season, he doesn't have any eligibility left. So he, he's played his last down for Tennessee. Uh, you know, shout out to Kamal. Uh, ha, ha, has not been the most popular player with Ball Nation and has stuck with us and really really developed this year into a a really good player so uh it sucks to see him get kind of cut down um hopefully he'll land on a practice squad or get back end drafted because he's been as as far as grades go pff loves that guy uh he's one of the top rated uh you know pass breakup type of uh, defensive backs and just speedy recovery I, i i hope he's able to realize his dream of making it to the nfl yeah, it was a. I didn't actually see the game really, so I just uh, I didn't didn't see the injury happen, but definitely definitely prayers up for for Kamal Haddon. Always unfortunate, that, man. They, it, the, it was last week somewhere. I I don't remember seeing it, uh, and it wasn't. It, it was against uh, Alabama. Oh, okay. At, 
I don't. I don't. Well, I took a nap during that game too. So, uh, yeah, so did so did we in the second the, half. The, the right um, hash, the right hash, took control of my body, and I, I took that, a little nap. That, that's okay. I think I think Kamal had has probably dabbled with the right hash in his in his lifetime, <laughs> so he he would be okay with that. Um, yeah. But I I think that takes care of uh, our third quarter. Three down, one to go. We go to the fourth quarter, right here on the right hash. It feels good to be a gangster. Boy, do we have something special? Oh man, so up. many picks, dude. <laughs> this is like this is like watching this is like watching Patrick Ramsey play quarterback for the Redskins when I was a kid. So many picks. <laughs> <laughs> this is like watching Will Levis last year in in Knoxville. So many picks. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. All right. All right. Well, fuck it. Let's just get right into it. Man. This is like watching games. an old man sitting behind the cheerleaders at a college football game. So many picks. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna go into go into some some dirty habits I had when I was a child and boogers and stuff, but I think I'll stop right there and just go into into the football. Uh, we'll start as we do chronicologically here on on, on Saturday, as it will happen on Saturday. Texas and Kansas State. Um, and I'm going with the Longhorns in this one, fresh off that number seven ranking. Uh, I know I've picked the alma mater of Big Tony a couple of times. Can of corn, Diet Coke, Coach Snyder, all that jazz, but not not so much here. Um, Texas uh, is is going to they're they're here to stay in that playoff discussion. I think they're they are going to take care of business here. Yeah, I, th- I think Texas is is elated with the rankings, seeing that they're ahead of Alabama. They take care of, of their business the rest of the way. Um, you know, Michigan and Ohio State, one of them is going to lose. Uh, there's a good chance uh, one of the other Pac-12 teams loses as well. Uh, Texas is right there. Um, even even without Quinn Ewers, they're right there. Uh, I'm taking Texas. This is a really good ranked matchup to start the game with. Uh, Texas four point favorites. Um, sticking in the state of Texas, uh, we have Texas A&M going on the road to the Grove uh, in Ole Miss. Ole Miss three point favorites. I'm taking Jackson Dart in this one. Um, I, I I really like the Ole Miss roster. I mean the A&M roster. There's just I I don't think they're coached by the right people. Um, so a, a lot of talent with not a lot of production. I think Ole Miss is a little bit of the opposite. I think they're getting more out of their roster than maybe really is there right now. Uh, Lane Kiffin hasn't been able to recruit quite as well to Ole Miss as he thought he would, but nevertheless, they're sitting here at number 10 uh, in, in tonight's CFP reveal. So they are right there on the outside looking in uh, as well with one loss, and I think it stays that way. I think Ole Miss wins. Yep, I'm with you on this one. Sets up a big showdown in Athens next week. Um, yeah, give me give me the uh, the Rebels over the Aggies at Kyle Field. Well, we just talked about the Clemson Tigers, and they've got number 12 Notre Dame coming to town, or at least number 12 before the CFP rankings came out, number 12 in the AP. Um, Notre Dame, Clemson. Remember a few years ago, Dabo gave that famous quote, bring your own guts in the rain at Death Valley. They're going to have to bring a little bit more than that to knock off this Notre Dame team. And I, I just, I just don't see it happening. I'm taking the Irish in this one. I'm going to Ireland in April on a family vacation. I'm, I'm really excited about that. That'll be dope. I hope I get to see some soccer, um, but yeah, give me, give me Notre Dame here. Um, and the, 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 uh, the, uh, the, the dreaded losing record in November for the Tigers. Here it comes. Nice. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm taking Notre Dame as well. Uh, just don't feel great about this Clemson team. 
Um, and maybe if Notre Dame wins, Tyler will call back in and we'll get some more good sound bites. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just for an update, Notre Dame landed at 15 uh, in the uh, initial CFP rankings uh, with a seven and two record. Um, so that they did, they moved down just a little bit compared to the AP poll, which I think they're at 12. And like you said, all right. Uh, that leads us into, you know, two two teams that are reeling a little bit in the SEC. Uh, Florida, uh, Arkansas going on the road to Florida. Florida is six-point favorites here. I think that's right. Arkansas is just really out in the wilderness right now. Things that just have not turned right for them. Everywhere it could go wrong, it did go wrong. Florida, they're licking their wounds, but I, I think they're going to be a little bit of a better team because of the ass-whooping they just took. Um, I think they're going to come out, play with their hair on fire, uh, and, and cover the spread against Arkansas. The black uniforms coming out for the Gators in oh. this one for a, a day game. That's kind of interesting down in there in, the, in what will, will probably be a sunny, warm day with how the weather's been. But, yep, going with the Gators here, just really just tough, tough sledding for Sam Pittman and company this year. He's, he's a good dude, good coach. Um, but you don't know what we just, what the hell has been going on. We don't know with with all that talent. We kind of talked about that on the last show. But but yeah, Florida in this ball game by probably more than that six point margin. All right, Georgia Tech and Virginia. These are the last two opponents for the University of North Carolina. Both have beaten the Tar Heels, so we will see who is superior in that group of three. This game is in Charlottesville. Uh, Connor Lilly will be in attendance. Um, Two-point favorites are the homestanding Cavaliers, and that's who I'm going with. I mean, uh, they, they, they they did lose to Miami in overtime last week, um, but they, they've looked better over the last, you know, three, four weeks of football. Tony Muskett's finally healthy and playing decently. And, uh, you know, Georgia Tech has a, a good offense that Haynes King is 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 also uh, you know they he had a really good game against UNC uh, but I think Virginia's defense is better than UNC's defense um, and Virginia's playing at home might, might have a little bit extra of a crowd uh, because of uh, because they've won won a couple games recently so uh, give me the who's in this this game on the CW not so fast my friend I hate to do it to you on this one but I'm doing it to you on this one um, I'm taking the quarterback difference I think Tony Musket has done uh, a really, a really nice job rallying this team the last two weeks. Um, and th- they've certainly, I think, played better teams than Georgia Tech. But uh, I just, I, I like what Haynes King has been doing. And I, I hear your point on the Virginia defense. I, I agree, especially in terms of pass rush. Um, j- just feels like this is a good year for Georgia Tech. I, I think Virginia uh, maybe gets just a, a, a tad too overconfident and comfortable with how they've played the last two weeks compared to how they played the first four. Uh, and, and Georgia tech just takes that slight edge. So the not so fast, my friend on Georgia tech going into uh, Charlottesville and upsetting. I can't believe I'm saying that upsetting <laughs> the university of Virginia. <laughs> uh, that would, that would put the Georgia crew in a bad mood. I, I swear. Like when Georgia tech beat, uh, UNC or when they were they they beat UNC last week during our post game show. I swear Jeff Dantzler just like that ruined the the cocktail party <laughs> win for him. That like, was worse hates, than winning. He hates Tech more than he ha- he likes Georgia. Love it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but that would if that happened, that would definitely send a a pall of glumness through through my broadcast crew. So definitely don't want that. And speaking of teams that historically run the triple option, we move to uh, Army versus Air Force. Uh, this one is not Arca. close. Air Force is 18 and a half point favorites. They're ranked 17 in the country. Um, I, I'm scrolling the list to see um, 
they they are number twenty five in the uh, initial CFP poll at eight and zero. Uh, th- this is a good Air Force team. Um, I'm taking Air Force, but of course we picked this one because it's the service academies, uh, and you know, God bless the USA and all that shit. Yep, I've got the Falcons here. Commander in Chief's trophy is heading west. Um, that's all. This will complete the the sweep after they took out Navy earlier in the season. So yeah, man, they're playing fantastic football right now. Um, yeah. they're they're a, a hit a hidden gem, man. It was it was it was Wyoming that was the team that was kind of the darling early in in the season. They've trailed off a little bit. Air Force beat them, and now Air Force is is they they are the 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 uh, the one undefeated team in the country that nobody's talking about. So yeah, give me give me Air Force to win big in that ball game. Hell yeah. That brings us to Athens, Georgia, Missouri, 15 and a half points. The dogs are laying to the cats. Well, not really the cats, the, uh, the tigers, one of the tigers, uh, in, in the, uh, the sec, one of three, um, they've already, they're one and oh against tigers this season. That was the win at Auburn. Um, and I'm, I'm taking Georgia here in, 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 I'm, I'm not going to try and predict how they're going to win, how much they're going to win by how the game's going to go. I'm just going to say Georgia's going to win at home. Um, and you know, just keep, keep the sights set on a potential, third straight national championship so dogs in, in in a win over missouri yeah man i i i i like to think i have a pretty good nose for the sec i just don't know what's happening here based on the the randomness of their game last year this is a better missouri team than last year and theoretically a worse georgia team uh the one difference is the shifts to sanford stadium uh instead of being in columbia i'm taking i'm taking georgia but Vegas has this at Georgia with a 15 and a half point uh, as a favorite. And I I just don't see this Missouri team getting punked like that. Uh, I I see Georgia winning. I just don't see Missouri laying down and getting beat by two plus touchdowns. Um, So I'm I'm taking the dogs, but I'm taking Missouri to cover. Yeah. Um, Tyke Smith got banged up in the Florida game. He should play, but I don't know if he'll be limited or not in that secondary. And still without Brock Bowers, uh, yep. you know, just just because you were able to find a solution against Florida doesn't mean it's going to be there for Missouri. So correct, um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see there. Help, we need somebody. <laughs> Delp, Delp, <laughs> not just anybody. My diet doctor, Delp. Um, <laughs> this uh, this brings us to a really good battle up in the Northeast. Uh, Penn State going into Maryland. Um, this is a really intriguing game with the way Penn State's played their last two games. Um, <laughs> losing one and then very unconvincingly kind of hanging around last week. Um, Maryland got a pretty high high power offense, so you can never rule them out. Uh, Penn State, 10-point favorites on the road. I like Penn State. I like Maryland to cover. I know you guys don't care about that, but it, it matters to me um, it just in terms of I, I think this is a better game than Vegas and the money think it's going to be. Not so fast, my friend. Going with my mom's alma mater on this. You're right. Penn State has struggled the last couple of weeks. Um, and there's, I think there's, there's like one week a year where I'm like, I, I pimp Maryland a little bit on this show, and that's what I'm doing it here because why not? Um, and it's, it is in College Park. Uh, there'll be a lot of Penn State fans there. They travel. You know, they, they. There's a lot in the DC area, so it's, it probably won't feel like a total home game for Maryland, but. Yeah, they're they I saw them just beat the living shit out of Virginia earlier this year. They've got a good offense. Uh, yeah, to his brother at quarterback. Um, and I just yeah, just one of those one of those games where it feels like an upset. So go go Terps. He's gonna be the only Tagovailoa in the states, so maybe he gets to draw some of that extra power. From Tua. <laughs> True that. You know, maybe who knows? Maybe he'll get on a plane and fly and watch his brother play in Germany the next day. Like, do he'll do he'll one up Taylor Swift on on that one. Can you imagine uh, the the Germans trying to figure out that last name? 
Oh Lord, <laughs> I don't even want. To, I don't even want to. <laughs> it, it took it took us here in America like two years to realize it wasn't Tago Viola; it was Tago Viloa. So I can't yeah. even imagine what the Europeans would think. Uh, I struggle with Tua. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bedlam, baby, Ohio or Jesus, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma in Stillwater. I've actually got a friend going to this game because he's uh, his family's Oklahoma State fans for what we what. Could be the last time for for a while. Um, this they've indicated this series will not continue when Oklahoma goes to the SEC. Um, they're going into Boone Pickens Stadium. I love this matchup. I mean, this is this is a fantastic rivalry. Um, I, again, I'm 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 just riding with the ups. I'm riding the upset the upset train. This uh this stretch here in the fourth quarter, last ever Bedlam possibly maybe maybe last for a while. Oklahoma State's going to pull out all the stops. They're going to come out. And um, yeah, I mean, we saw we saw some some cracks in Oklahoma's armor last week, and Oklahoma State I think is good enough to exploit them with that offense. So, uh, Mike Gundy, you're a man. You you just beat Oklahoma, or or I think you will. Remember last week I, I went on about Marshall and, and Coastal being the, the most expensive game, and it was about 170. Oh this, boy, oh this boy. is the most expensive game. Uh, it cost you two and a half times as much to get into this one as it does LSU at Alabama. This ticket is $329. Um, the 330 ABC game. Uh, that's a, that, that that's, that's a, that's some oil money right there. I, that's, that's the only people there. Um, I, I'm, I'm sticking with Oklahoma. Uh, obviously not, not particularly confident in their abilities right now, but um, you know, last week, on the road to a good Kansas team still obviously not a loss you can take really, but um, I, I don't, I don't think it's a bad loss necessarily. It's, it's, man, it's tough going. It's tough going into uh, Oklahoma state though, but I'm taking OU to, to, to get out of there alive. They're six point favorites on the road. I am taking them just to scrape by out of there with a win. Um, And staying in kind of, a coin flip matchup almost. Uh, we have Illinois traveling to Minnesota. Minnesota two point favorites uh, at home. I, I'm going with the Fighting Illini. Uh, I, I just I think they've had an okay season, at, at least an okay enough season to to beat this Minnesota team. Um, but th- this this is a good coin flip matchup. Uh, it will not cost you three hundred and thirty dollars. It will cost you thirteen to get into <laughs> this one. Um, but you know, a really good game against Wisconsin last week, just coming out on the wrong end of it. They beat Maryland two weeks ago. Um, I, I I like mostly what they do, what Luke Altmeyer does. So I, I'm going to roll with the fighting Illini. I'm going to take Minnesota just because they're at home. Yeah, I had similar thoughts about this game, real toss-up, coin flip type thing. Uh, two teams I'm not super familiar with, but two two pretty good coaches. This is a good coaching matchup. Um, yeah. So it'll be a, it'll be a kind of a spy versus spy, Brett, Biel, Brett Bielma versus uh pj fleck with his his tie over on the sideline um so yeah this this will be it could be a good one to to keep tabs on if uh if the 330 games aren't aren't very good um if if this this one this one could be close to the fun belt we've got maction going on right now i'll turn that on after we're done recording but we've also got the fun belt getting into full swing old dominion and coastal carolina this game in norfolk as this is a, a, a beachy matchup, man. Now that they, now these two teams are in the same conference, you got got the uh, you got the just right up right up I seventeen. 
uh, to to from you know, the Myrtle Beach area to the Tidewater. Um, this is a one point spread. I, th- I think ODU is the one point favorite, but Coastal Carolina had a big win over Marshall last week. I really put the thundering herd in their place. That that was a, a big swing and a miss by me. Um, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take ODU here. Gonna roll with the Virginia team. Um, but I, I like this matchup too. Um, really really pop popcorn popping down there. Um, in in the seven five seven. Um, so yeah, another another toss up. Just gonna go with go with ODU. Yeah, these teams tied uh, for third in the Sun Belt East. Uh, this is a this is a big matchup for for their conference this week. Uh, Coastal coming off of uh, a, a drubbing over Marshall that I neither one of us expected. Obviously, I think we both picked Marshall last week, um, and that that wasn't close. Um, ODU being on the road, like you said, in Norfolk, I, I, I do expect this to be a closer game. Uh, ODU the one point favorite, so neutral field they expect uh, Coastal. I I'm going with Coastal as well, but um, this th- this is one of those fun belt games that e- even if you're not particularly into the fun belt, uh, this game and the next one we mentioned, I I would if you have multiple screens or you're doing the YouTube TV multi view, pick one that has these games in it because they're going to be fun to watch. Um, I'm taking Coastal. We move over to another fun belt matchup. Uh, Marshall going into Boone, North Carolina, uh, to play Appalachian State. Um, these are two teams that are, you know, very close to the right hash. Uh, you know, but Luke having uh, worked with uh, Marshall, uh, at least in proximity, and App State being here in, in our state. Um, uh, App State, three and a half point favorites in Boone. Uh, this this one was another coin flip. This one was tough, but uh, I'm just taking Marshall to come back and and bounce back off of the drubbing last week. I think sometimes that can be, uh, that that can be a launching pad for some teams. And I think Marshall's a well coached team, and they'll they'll channel that blowout into uh, a victory, which doesn't happen a lot in Boone. I wanted to pick it, but I yeah I just I I'm gonna go with App here. Um, just the, the, the home field advantage they're going to have for this game is going to be, I think a tipping point. Um, yeah. it's a, it's a late, it's later in the day. Um, it's, it's not a noon kick there. There's going to be plenty of time to tailgate and get energy. Um, but I, it's going to, I think it's going to be a good one. I, I, I remember I was in, I was in the producer's chair for two years ago, a great Thursday night game uh, up on the mountain, uh, which app state ended up winning by one possession. And it was, I could just hear, you know, through the headphones, how great of an atmosphere it was and hope to replicate that. Um, you know, they'll, they'll play Alabama's mountain music at, at the third quarter break and the place will go crazy. Um, give me app on a, a late field goal or something like that. But this, this, this also a very good game. This is a, uh, another, this is a second in a row, six o'clock NFL network game for Marshall. Um, I'm glad, glad to see they're putting the fun belt on that channel. Yeah. Uh, get, get, getting some, getting some viewership and, it's a conference that de- that deserves to be viewed a little bit more. Their games are good. I mean, you see a lot of app guys in the league. You see a lot of Marshall guys in the league now. I mean, this is this is a kind of a this is a a conference that that is like we're we're here. You know, we're 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 a player too. You know, we're this we're is, not going to be we're not going to put teams in the playoff, but we're going to put players in the NFL. This is a transfer portal destination conference. If you if you want to go somewhere, you haven't had a lot of time to to put some tape together and you're worried about going to another power five school and getting lost. This is the perfect conference for you. There's room at a lot of really good schools uh, that have visibility and you're going to have good starting time. There, there are ballers in this league. Do not let it uh, confuse you or, or misdirect you. The fun belt has ballers. 
Yeah, man. Well, uh, I hope they get a better TV deal soon. I don't know what the details are, but I really hope they get a better TV deal soon. Well, we're one conference down of TV deals, so there's there's some room. <laughs> yeah. All right. This is uh out of out of the the the, uh, the group of five now. Back into the Power Five: Kansas and Iowa State. Jayhawks coming off that big win against uh against Oklahoma at home, and man, I I gassed up Lance Leipold about an hour and a half ago, or I, I maybe maybe earlier. But point is, this has been a long show, a great show. But anyway, I'll, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take all that stuff I said about Lance Leipold and then not pick Kansas to win this game. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Jayhawks over Iowa State and another another close spread. This uh this a road game for the Jayhawks. Seems like they play at home all the time too. Um, but yeah, give, I I like this one. Good coaching matchup here too with uh Leipold and Matt Campbell. Yeah, I, I I'm really liking the football across the country this year, man. I, I there is more parity in the other leagues, like legit parity not just compared against each other that there is some national staying power in these other conferences this year that hasn't existed before um I, not to say kansas would beat you know alabama or anything but that they're at least a watchable team and iowa state is at least a watchable team uh if, if for no other reason than to watch some of the old brock birdie Brees hall highlights they put on during those games sometimes um i'm taking kansas to win this one i just like i mean a, a team coming off beating oklahoma i'm gonna take them over you know, an unranked team. I, I I just am. That's how I am. So I'm going to take Kansas, and I'm not going to ho-hum about it too much. Um, we move on to the biggest, I think, biggest game in the Pac-12 this weekend. Uh, Washington goes into Los Angeles. Lock your lockers, boys. Um, Los Angeles has ha- had some had some theft uh, this week. We'll we'll talk about that surely with our last pick. Um, I'm taking Washington. This is my this is my non-Tennessee team this year. Uh, love Michael Penix. If you like quarterbacks and you like points, this is a game you have to have on. Um, Going to be a lot more points in this one than uh, the next game we pick. So uh, direct your eyes to Los Angeles uh, for this game. This this is going to be this is going to be a spectacle. You're going to want to watch this. I probably will watch it too. And I'm taking Washington. Uh, I think they're going to have some motivation after uh, being sent down to fifth in the CFP rankings. Hell yeah. he, the players can say that it doesn't affect them. The coach can say that it doesn't affect them. It absolutely does. They're going to be fired up for this one. Um, so then, and of course the Penix might ear. Um, absolutely. <laughs> uh, going to back to the SEC, another one of those low profile night games. Um, this is the the Neil Price Bowl. Uh, Neil Price is the voice of the Mississippi State Bulldogs. His previous employer was the University of Kentucky. So this is a this is he's one of one of my favorite voices uh, in in all of the country. He's he's great at what he does. Great dude to work with. But um, I'm taking his current team to lose to his former team. Uh, Kentucky will beat Mississippi State, who is just kind of in a funk this year. Um, yeah, yeah. I I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on with those guys. I don't know if they're still feeling the effects of. Uh, their former coach passing away last year, not, you know, not quite up to speed with Zach Garnett's offense, whatever it is, it's, it's been a rough year in Starkville and it will continue as I'm finally picking Kentucky to win a game here on this show. Will Rogers, one of the few guys who has gotten worse as he's gotten older, uh, KJ Jefferson, I would almost put in the same mold too, but um, yeah, I'm taking Kentucky. I just think they're a better team. I think they're, I think they're a good team. Um, they, they maybe don't have the best playmakers, but, uh, that they discovered a guy versus Tennessee. His name is Dane Key. 
watch out for him. He had a, a lot of receptions, ran some really good routes, was open a lot. Um, I like Kentucky in this one. I think Kentucky is still a good team, uh, j- just to put it out there. I don't think Tennessee's a great team, but I think we saw two good teams play last Saturday night, and uh, Mississippi State's not in the same category with Kentucky right now, no matter how bad uh, things might seem in Lexington. Uh, it, it's nowhere close to as bad as things are in Starkville. Uh, so I'm going Kentucky. We're going we're gonna to go on a different spectrum of interesting games in the SEC to may, maybe the one that everyone was looking forward to the most uh, the entire year. And that is LSU going into Tuscaloosa to take on Alabama. LSU obviously beating Alabama last year uh, in Baton Rouge. Bama looking for its revenge. Uh, this year, LSU has the quarterback advantage. We'll see how much that matters. Uh, this is one of those night games in Tuscaloosa, so you know you're, they're going to use that uh, the LED light strip that they found a couple of years ago, um, and and they're going to be playing some Dixieland delight, saying "fuck LSU" uh, all, all night long. I, I think I think Bama wins this one. Uh, I I just don't know if. LSU's defense can keep them in this game. And that's what it's going to come down to. Um, if LSU can make Alabama have to run the ball, I think they that that's that's their path to victory. But uh, I'm taking Bama in this one. Uh, Alabama's three-point favorites at home. So essentially uh, a, a pick them on a neutral field. So do with that what you will. I'm also going to take Alabama here, and I'm going to add that they have the advantage on the sideline as well. Uh, Nick Saban greater than Brian Kelly. I'm so I'm gonna I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take they've the Crimson never, Tide. They've never played for a big game before, head to head in a national championship. How could you make an extrapolation like that? Oh no, just ne- never. Nick Saban's also never had one of his student managers die on his watch either. So that, there, there's also that. Hey, uh, but Brian anyway, yeah, him last year though, that is true. That is true. But you know, t- I just I, I I think I think I think Bryant Denny's a a tougher atmosphere like by not just because the team is so good but it's like it's still a hundred thousand people like yelling at you it's 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 not death valley but it's it's still going to be a, a really really good good place to watch watch this game tonight or saturday night a hundred thousand and eleven if you count the officials on the field <laughs> <laughs> well yeah we'll keep an eye on keep an eye on the penalty uh penalty statistics for this one um we'll, we'll see if the uh, sec officials have any hand in this nc state Miami. This is a night game at Carter Finley, which are historically better atmospheres, advantages for the Wolfpack. Um, this is the rare game where I think NC State might actually have the uh advantage in coaching. Um, <laughs> the very rare game. Um, but I'm 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 rolling with my alma mater in this one, uh, coming off that win against Clemson. Just need two more wins to get ball eligible. Miami can't I guess having a hard time figure them figuring them out. Both these teams struggled with Virginia, but Miami struggled <laughs> with Virginia at home. Um, I know Miami's home field advantage isn't really much, but you know, still it, it counts for a little bit with me. Um, and yeah, you know, it, it's Miami's a slight favorite. I'm not really sure why, but I'm, I'm taking state. You know, I'm I'm out of my little funk. I still don't like Dave Doran, but I'm taking NC State. Yeah, uh, copy paste most of that stuff. Um, this is a game that defense is going to win. Uh, you 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 have a solid defense versus a very turnover prone quarterback. Uh, Peyton Wilson has been licking his chops since the final whistle blew last weekend. Um, I'm taking state. We, we, we didn't organize this. So we, we both took state 
very independently from each other. Uh, Miami four point favorites in this one. Neither one of us particularly want to see State win because, it, like last week, just kind of keeps delaying what should be inevitable. Uh, but I just think I think they're the better team. We saw Brennan Armstrong come back into the game last week and uh, you know have a little bit of life. And I I I, I hate to say it, I kind of feel like this NC State team was finding its footing just a little oh, bit on offense. Oh Lord. Oh Lord! If oh man, if 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 NC State loses this game, I am playing that to open the next show, the next show. <laughs> Golly, we're both and we're both this this is this is the kiss of death right here. <laughs> the, the thing is, there is no kiss of death because they'll never put Dave out to pasture. It doesn't matter what we say. Like it, if if we had verbal jinx power over the Wolfpack, we would have had two or three head coaches already since Dave Duran, but we don't possess that. And the beat, the beat goes on. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. Um, last one here before we get to our surprise indies. Two somewhat surprising teams this year. Uh, UCLA going into Arizona. Two and a half point favorites over Arizona. Um, UCLA, I'm looking. Uh, I lost a page. I, I'm certain that they are ranked in the top 20, I believe, uh, in this uh, this new poll, um, ten thirty game. This is your this is your West Coast after dark game. Love both of these teams, honestly. Right now, they're not the top end teams that you would expect, but they just play damn good football. They are well coached. Their players are easy to root for. They are in every single game that they have played this year. Um. I, I'm excited to watch this one in Arizona. Back to back ranked victories. Absolutely shellacked Washington State uh, two weeks ago. Beat my DJ Uyunglele led Oregon State team last week. Uh, and now they catch UCLA. Both of these teams are trending upwards. So it's really hard to choose one. I'm going with Arizona, though. I Just something about them, man. They have been giant slayers the last couple of weeks. Don't forget, I, even before those two ranked wins, prior to that, they went to USC and lost by two at the very end of the game in overtime. And before that, played Washington and lost by a touchdown. We're talking number seven, Washington, nine, USC, 19, Washington State, 11, Oregon State. And they either won or were one score losses in all four of those games. Um, I, I just love how battle tested this Arizona team is. And that's why I'm taking them. Plus they catch them at home. Perfect recipe for Arizona to take this one. And I love the direction that team is heading. You took the word right out of my mouth. Battle tested. Um, UCLA is going on the road in conference at night. I'm taking Arizona as well. Jed fish is turning things around down there. Um, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be a commodity in a couple years. Uh, I, I don't see him staying in Tucson all that long. Um, he's he's a good coach, and uh, this this is a, also a good coaching matchup. But yeah, man, Arizona's heating up at the right time. Uh, they 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 won't factor into the Pac-12 title race, but they they are not the team. They are not last year's Arizona Arizona Wildcats. So yeah, man, that'll that'll be a fun fun one to wind down to when I when I finally get home from the uh, the Georgia Missouri broadcast. Well, I, I'm hoping I can stay awake for for it. Tennessee plays UConn at noon. And I just don't know if I'm going to be able to make it all the way to 1030, yeah. maybe 130 a.m. And we've got we've that. got a hell of an NFL matchup at 930 a.m. on yeah. Sunday, too. So, dude, 
the first world problems this weekend. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I know. How how are we gonna fit any soccer in? I'm, I'm gonna be totally unprepared for the right hosh because there's just too much goddamn American <laughs> football. <laughs> to oh, our yes. surprise in these. One last one last game for each of us to pick. These will be separate games for, for each of us, but I will uh, I will go ahead and get started with mine. Um these are meant to be upsets and technically this one would be by the spread and i'm going back to the fun belt for this one texas state five and three hosting six and two georgia southern georgia southern is a two-point favorite but i'm taking the texas state bobcats to just just create some more chaos in in this this sunbelt conference um just it's it's the, probably been the most unpredictable league of the year um and i i, I was kind of surprised to see that georgia southern was a favorite on the road against this texas state team that i've talked a little bit about on a couple of previous shows so uh give me the bobcats down there in steamy san marcos um they will they will append the georgia southern eagles nice i don't know a lick about either one of those teams. So your guess is fine. <laughs> Me. <laughs> well, what's the spread on this one? I haven't seen it. Uh, Georgia Southern by two. Okay, cool. Um, my, I'm taking a little bit larger leap off the pier here, and it, sometimes it pays off. Sometimes it doesn't. Most of the time it doesn't. Um, this was a game we were. I, I was close to putting on the list for us to pick, but I really wanted this one as a surprise indie because I've been so anti Colorado the last couple of weeks. Um, I think this is the week that they kind of snap in a, in a good way. I, I think there's been so much pomp and circumstance and, hey, look at me and Hollywood stardom that we've almost ignored the losses that they've been accumulating. But I'll tell you who hasn't. That's their head coach and that's their players. They have not overlooked losing four of the last five games. At, no matter how acceptable they may be, with who they were against. Um, I, I think this just feels it, it, it. This feels like the right time for Colorado's team to kind of snap into being a regular football team, not being a sideshow, not being, you know, just an attraction, but coming an actual football team. And, uh, I I just don't know if Oregon State has the playmakers on the outside to keep up with the level of scoring that we probably see from Colorado this week. Um, Oregon State, 13 and a half point favorites, but this one, this one is in Boulder. It's going to be a fired up crowd. I think there's a lot of uh, players who are going to feel uh, targeted after getting their lockers robbed uh, from that UCLA game as well. I think this is just one of those games where they finally snap into who they should be. And it's about time for their coach to lean them into that direction. Don't come out and say, well, we just need a new offensive line. That's, that's your job. You're the ones who put them out there. You can't blame them. That's your job. Um, do they need to be better? Sure. You're the one, you're the one who got them out of the transfer portal and put them there. It's about time for Dion to just get really fucking serious about being a coach. I think it happens this week, Colorado over Oregon State. They are they 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 will learn how to play the ukulele in this game with a uh, with DJ coming to town. Um, it's a good it's a good surprise, Indy. It's a, it's a team that hasn't tasted victory in a little while, and they were the darlings of college football for about two weeks. And this I think this will tell us, you know, if if they win this game, this will tell us that Dion is here. You know, he is here to be like, all right, I'm 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 going to be a coach. You know, I'm not here to just bling bling and 
talk to the media. Like I'm, I'm actually going to be a coach, but I, I think it's a good point about the motivation, having your shit stolen from you. Like they can, they can talk in the press about how it doesn't affect them on the field or whatever. It's, it's going to affect them on the field. And I, it, it, it's a, they have to find the way to channel that energy into a positive way, which you have happening here. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, that's, that's a, uh, a, those are a lightning round of 18, actually 19 games. So I was a, uh, a, the most epic pick of pick pick segment of, of the year. Just, just so many, so many good games. Um, and we probably could have picked 10 more if, if we, if we really wanted to easily <laughs> one day, easily. one day we will sit down and pick every college football game on a given Saturday. <laughs> I mean, I, I just flipped over to the schedule. We don't, we don't even have like Stanford, Washington state on here. Um, there was another one that I almost had on here from earlier, but like UTSA at North Texas is a good one. Uh, Arizona State at Utah. Your your family will be really excited about that one. Uh, <laughs> Nebraska at Michigan State, Wisconsin at Indiana. Like there is some really good middle of the road football this weekend. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah man. And then I will be just planted and watching it all from Studio Twenty in uh, in Winston Salem, North Carolina. It's the gonna be it's gonna be a big big game for for the dogs. Of course, every game is big now that the CFP rankings are out. But I just I well I'll I'll close with with just rehashing kind of my surprise at Washington being number five. I know we've got a month of football to play, but that was, that that was, that I was taken aback when I saw that flash across the screen. Yeah. I mean, reality for Washington, they were pretty much going to have to be undefeated to make it anyway. And this doesn't really change that. Yeah. Um, but it's still, it, it's, it's not, I don't think it's, it's a, I don't think it's a good look for the committee. Of course. Um, I, I've never really had faith in them considering boo Corrigan is the ringleader. Um, but yeah, I, went out and it's not a problem. Yeah. And, and that's, that goes for, you know, that goes for everyone that was in that everyone. graphic, you know, yeah. your top, the top four, you know, your story, you just got to win out. Um, but it would, it would be, I, I know Michigan is probably salivating for a, an orange bowl rematch after Georgia humbled them two years ago. And Ohio state for that matter would love another shot at the dogs. Florida state would be great to see them return to, to national prominence. Cause it would just kind of give me some nostalgia of the nineties. And when I was growing up as a, a college football fan just in general so that, that was a that was a we did we we accomplished what we set out to do i uh, hope everyone enjoyed that kind of live reaction to the uh the college football playoff rankings and you know hopefully we can we can do that a little more with selections and you know bowls and whatnot but that was that was cool cool this was alex's idea so uh what a what a credit credit where credit is due and cool trying something different here this evening well we've thought about doing something like this several times and yeah, I, I think this is a good run for maybe uh maybe putting this into practice for I don't know, uh maybe live calling a game one day. Yeah, that would uh, be phenomenal. Or, I, I, or, or a live draft show. Yeah, the NFL draft is you know you know we leave no stone unturned when uh when the NFL draft rolls around. But I, I don't want to think about that because we've still got a month of college football and two more months of of NFL football straight ahead. This is our last show before the time change, also. So this is a uh, this is this is where things get the time change is where uh, to me NFL season really like intensifies and is like all right the good teams really need to st- if you're a good team you really need to start winning now and um last last thing i got is just farewell to chase young and montez sweat it was fun to watch you guys play in burgundy and gold you know good good luck both great dudes great ambassadors for the team um and just i will i will definitely be rooting for each of them except when they are playing washington yeah uh chase young if you could just take like three weeks to settle in instead of two i would really prefer you 
uh, not kill Trevor Lawrence in a couple of weeks. So uh, <laughs> sign your friend, Alex. Uh, my, my fantasy team in my work league would also appreciate if, if that were the case, but an epic show. It seems like, seems like they get lengthier every week. And that's just, that's just a great, great problem to have. So thanks everybody who tuned in. Uh, thanks everybody who, uh, who uh, wanted to, uh, wanted to, to listen to what we have to say here about many of these NFL and college football subjects. If you have an opinion on the CFP top six and want to share it with us, go ahead and tweet at us uh, at the right hash and any other thoughts on what we had in this almost three hour show, any reaction to your trades. If your team had a, had a player moved um, that you didn't necessarily like or liked, just go ahead and give us a, a, a buzz on the Twitter machine at the right hash. That's all we've got for you this evening. We hope you everybody enjoyed it. We will talk to you next week from the Nostra Alexander. Good